That's fly. All right, so we start we start every episode with a prayer. So if you okay. hold hands if you want. Mm-hmm. If not, you okay with that? Let's do it. Ma'am, are you okay with that? Yeah, okay. Good. I just, this is, I just, I'm, in, I'm enjoying the experience. I'm oh, hey, I support it. Are you high right now? <laughs> <laughs> About your heads, uh, getting your position of peace. Uh, Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time. We thank you for this hour. We thank you for this moment, Father. Thank you for allowing us to gather here safely, Father. Father, we want to thank you, Father. Let this be a week of thanks, a weekend of thanks, Father. A period of thanks, Father. We don't want to ask you for anything, Father. We just want to thank you. We want to thank you for life. We want to thank you for the blessings, Father. We want to thank you for the hard times, the trials that you send us through, Father, just so we know that you are real and that we can only do these things through you, Father. We want to thank you for our joys, Father, our high moments, our our praises, Father. We want to thank you for those moments that we feel like we're in the valley, Father, because even in that, Father, you've created the mountains there to create the valleys. Father, we thank you, we love you, and we need you in our life. We ask and pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 That was a solid prayer. Good prayer. Amen. Thank you. I mean, I'm just saying thank you. <laughs> Here we go. It's your boy Kyle, a.k.a. The Perfect Gentleman. And this is your boy Jay with the suede soul and the velvet vibes. Lorenz Tall, Mr. Love Jones, Live All Wool, Everything, Answer E, All of the Above, a.k.a. Snapple Facts. And we're back. Oh, yeah. With another episode of Bourbon and Boy Shorts, Two Single Fathers, Two Single Guys, Talking About Love Life and Drinking Libations. And uh, who are we inspired by tonight? Tonight, tonight, tonight. We are inspired by one of our favorites, a fan favorite. Uh, I think this will be pulled at a special event later this month. This is The Seven Roots. Uh, shout out to the Bull Shine Whiskey. This is the Aphrodisiac Whiskey. And we also have, by special request, the Seven Roses. Excuse me, the Four Roses <laughs> Small Batch. I, I'm, I'm mixing them up already. We have the <laughs> Four Roses uh, Small Batch uh, Select bottle. So this is this is my first time with this, the Select of the Small Batch. So it's, it's, a, it's a nice taste. Nice cinnamon, after, cinnamon-y aftertaste. Or the after, yeah. No, so on the, on the back end. So, Yeah. Yes. So, uh, we do have two two special guests in here tonight. Um, both of which, as y'all can see how me and Jay were dressed, I didn't know one person was from another region of America. Yeah. So, we were dressing for the southern region, and I come to find out that Our one Kentucky person. Vibes. Yeah, we were, we were this, but this could be Detroit, too, though. Yeah, you could be Detroit stepping, though. You could be Detroit stepping, for real. Man, it, could, it could be. I, I would. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know who's this gonna whole, be. Who's gonna represent who? Okay. All right. Yeah. So uh, you know what? I just what we do. We whoever you sitting closer to. I'm gonna represent Kentucky. Okay. You I'm got Detroit. Detroit. But you know more about Detroit. Come on, brother. But you just. <laughs> all right. Well, we'll swap then. All right. All right. You represent Kentucky. Cross colors. You be, the, right, you, be <laughs> you be the black, black with the white stripes, and I'll be the 
Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. okay. So I'm representing <laughs> D. Is it D Town? Did we talk? Yeah. Okay, but I'm representing Detroit tonight, uh, and, and Jay is representing Kentucky. About to so make we, some mint juleps. We were talking today about our guests, and I was like, "Bro, I think we should wear our hats tonight. I think we should, you know, dress the part of what Kentucky esque would feel like okay. if we sipping whiskey, and then boom, we get a left hook. Somebody was like, nah, "I'm from Detroit. Damn all that." <laughs> We, we deep dish pizza over here, fam. We we, we we two stepping over, line dancing over here. So, um, I, I I had the pleasure of just learning about um, our guest tonight just via Instagram and some homework that Jay did. But I'm just very excited to uh, have have both of them on because we've been talking and rescheduling and talking and just getting things together so we can finally have this moment. So um, I'm gonna allow them to introduce themselves and then we can get started. So starting to my left. Yeah, that's my left. Me. All right. <laughs> <laughs> um, my name is Enchanta Jackson. I'm the creator of Women in Whiskey Wednesdays, Black Women in Whis- Black Women Whiskey on IG, and my partner in all things whiskey and women, Aaron. Hi, my name is Aaron Bussey, and a co-conspirator for Black Women in Whiskey. We've been doing this for some time and building community amongst Black women, so it's been fun. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Beautiful ladies, as y'all can see. Look at them, you know what I'm Loving their vibe. Um, so, ladies, thank y'all for coming on. I don't have nothing. Can you yeah, can you pass me that, please? Sure. Yeah, we got thank you. Sorry, yeah, definitely thank you all for coming on. Yeah, thanks for having us. We it's do a, we do a welcome uh, cheers. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm here for it. Make sure I got enough so I ain't got to keep reading. <laughs> <laughs> so, if you will raise your glasses, ladies. All right. Uh, cheers. Salute, salute, salute. yes. Oh, y'all don't tag, okay. Mm-hmm. It depends. Sometimes we like to get straight to it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying. So, ladies, <laughs> how did we, uh, Enchanta, I'll start with you. How did you come up with the brand? Where are you guys from? Just give us your background on uh, all things Enchanta. Yeah, definitely. So, um, basically, we started doing Women in Whiskey in 2017 out of my household. Um, just to be all the way blunt, I was wanting to create a super secure space for black women to enjoy whiskey and also build sisterhood um, just off strength that I was interested in building and deepening my community because my job was just stressing me the fuck out and I just needed a good time you know and so we started doing it in my home I used to bake wings in my oven and I can't even cook but (laughs) niggas was still you know eating and drinking so (laughs) we just slowly grew and grew um, over the years, uh, it's been five years now. So, Congratulations. yeah, Congratulations. it's been a good time. It's been a good time. Um, so you said you started five years ago. So how many people was it five years ago from the startup? Wow. And where did you guys like? Where are you guys based out of? DC. DC. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So I would say like it, it was a small select group at first, maybe like fifteen to, mm-hmm. to twenty women. So like an invite only situation. Yeah. yeah. Okay, Just like kind of amongst like close friends and. You know other black women that we have worked with whether it was through mm-hmm. like politics or movement work and stuff like that um you know folks we went to school with you know yeah. just mm-hmm. black women that were you know not necessarily from dc but um you know we're kind of part of our larger network and now i mean we have like up to 100 women that show up to dope. our events 100 yeah. black women yeah and it's like super dope all women of like all walks of life um multi-generational which has been really cool yeah. now that we've started to see like it's not just young black women, but we have like older black women that come, middle aged yeah. black women. So it's been really dope, dope to see you know it grow in the way that it has. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's fire. I, I my next question would be, 
who got started with the whiskey? Like, how did you guys find your niche? And what whiskey was brought to you first to be like, I think I want to further the process of finding out, mm-hmm. you know, all my whiskeys and, you know, stuff like your knowledge. So I started drinking whiskey, um, bourbon, and when I was 25, like literally on my 25th birthday, because I was like, well, I was already drinking whiskey, but it was like, um, what was I drinking? I used to drink a lot of Jim Bean. Yeah. You know? <laughs> There's I know. some good Jim Beans. I was, I was, I was young. Awesome. There's, There's some, some good Jim Beans but out I, there. I, I, and not to cut you off, I think that at a point, like you guys have been five years in, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. We have been five years in with the podcast. So even with Jay, when we first started our podcast, we wasn't really drinking like bottom shelf shit anyway. We mm-hmm. kind of started yeah. mid-upper and yeah. people were gifting us stuff. So like now it's like for me, if somebody says, yo, you want a shot of Hennessy? I'm like, excuse me? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Although, <laughs> how dare you? <laughs> we, we, we won't talk bad about Hennessy yes. and Moet because they are a wonderful sponsor of Black Girls Vote. Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. Drink it. Buy it. <laughs> they support black okay. women. Yeah. In, in civic engagement. No, no disrespect. Yeah. Shout out to Hennessy. <laughs> Hennessy Moet, yeah. yeah. Don't forget the mothership, baby bubba. That's hilarious. Yeah. But I'm just saying as far as like my taste buds wise, yeah. like I've I felt like in five years you can grow. Oh, no, yeah. no, no. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. I was twenty five, eleven years ago. Ten years ago. Mm-hmm. So this was a when I started drinking whiskey, it was a while ago. Yeah. And I was just drinking just to get fucked up. I ain't gonna lie. So when we started doing women in whiskey, <laughs> no. can I curse? Um, Absolutely. I don't know how free. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, please. Yeah. Um, we prefer cursing. We, we, we prefer, yeah, we do. When we started yeah, doing yeah. women in whiskey, I didn't know a lot. I knew my, I knew Bullet, you know. I knew um, Jack Daniels. I knew the very basics. And so it wasn't until Uncle Nearest reached out, maybe the first or second year that we started, mm-hmm. Uncle Nearest mm-hmm. reached out and was like, yo, like, let's partner, let's get a sponsorship going. I learned about Fawn and all the amazing things she's doing with Uncle Nearest. And so Fawn that's too. when I really started to deepen my understanding of whiskey and bourbon. But Aaron is like the oh, bourbon whiskey connoisseur <laughs> <laughs> of, of the two of us. So, I mean, I wouldn't go that far. But <laughs> yes, I mean, I've been drinking whiskeys and bourbons probably since I've been able to drink mm-hmm. um you know like my grandfather always used to drink uh whiskey and you know just grew an appreciation for it but like i would say like when i was in college though like my go-to was like crown royal for sure <laughs> <laughs> that's what i remember <laughs> in college what was i just see i didn't get no i didn't get to whiskey until i started working okay i went to a whiskey bar and that's what really got me mm. into it talking to the bartender but college yeah Vodka. That's why I don't drink like liquor now <laughs> because of college. Like liquor, tequila. Oh man, I was I I used to have like an obnoxious amount of Crown Royal bags. That's oh, that, but that was the thing too to keep those, especially <laughs> yeah. if you went to HBCU. Yeah, you want to have your your purple and gold ones or mm-hmm. whatever. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, like from there, you know, especially moving here to DC, mm-hmm. just started to try different spirits and I have a lot of really good friends who are collectors and. You know, I've had the opportunity to go to a lot of different distilleries across the country. So, mm-hmm. you know, I've just been been lucky to to try and experience a bunch of different stuff. Yeah. So, what's one of your favorite distilleries? Ooh, um, I would actually say Four Roses. Mm. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I think they have a lovely selection. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, something for every palate, something for every like wallet. 
which I think is a really Ooh, strong thing. Yeah, that's um, right. You know, having a, a good price point that's affordable for everyone, but also the corresponding quality. Mm-hmm. You know, I always think that that's important. So, yeah, I mean. I, I like that in a good whiskey tasting. Yeah. Something high end mm-hmm. that makes sense to be high end. Yeah. Something that's high end that tastes like trash. Mm-hmm. Something that's low end. <laughs> that's just like, oh, this is $25. This tastes better than the high yeah. end one. And then something that's low end. Like, yeah, this does taste like $10. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but so you can really get a range. And then sometimes you realize you really like the low end one. And there's nothing I, wrong with that. Some it's of them are palette. really solid. Yeah. Your palate like, is what your palate I is. I mean, some of the, the lower end Willets are like yeah. fantastic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, and if you go to certain parts of Ohio, you can get a green label bottle of Willet for like $25. That's which is I paid <laughs> which over is 100 like, for mine. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, for my wow. purple label. Yeah. yeah. So, I Same mean. Same with my Weller. Actually, I got my Weller at re- a little bit over retail. Okay. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. look at you. I know. <laughs> 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 we won't we won't blow without bourbon talk. But I, th- I think that's a good idea as well. Like, I guess we will. Evan Williams has a the single barrel. Oh is, yeah. I make my old fashions with that. So mm-hmm. at the whiskey tasting, I'll probably use if I don't use a bullshine whiskey, I'll use uh, Evan Williams. Evan Williams. Uh, a, uh, Buffalo uh, Trace has some great. Yeah. Um, you know, lower shelf technically ones that are just really solid mm-hmm. drinks. And yeah, and, then, and they are revamping like their signature label buffalo trace is going to be the more allocated bottle now yeah and the 17 i think 92 is going to be the more mass distributed mm-hmm. bottle so that's yeah, interesting. which is cool yeah. Yeah. So, something for everybody yeah what happened yeah? Uh, <laughs> so what is your favorite cocktail old-fashioned okay why old-fashioned well one because it's the oldest cocktail in the world it used to be a form of medicine um which is you know how I drink it because I feel like it, it's it, a has, reliever, it yeah. has its medicinal qualities. For yeah, me. This the, yeah, I like this left side of the sofa. And, yeah. um, <laughs> lastly, it's it's simple but special. How mm. can you not love things that are simple but special? Wow, what's your favorite cocktail? Let me guess. Not I, I wouldn't. I no, guess. actually, I would like you. Go ahead, go for it. <laughs> I'm curious. Is it a whiskey cocktail? Yes. Your favorite cocktail? A Manhattan. I like Manhattans. Actually, my favorite drink is whiskey with like a little bit of like lemon. Really? Like, mm-hmm. It just tastes, I don't know, it's, it's a, it always gives it a nice smooth taste. And when you talked about um, like bottom shelf, 10 Cup is actually one of my favorite whiskeys. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. It's another mad one. cheap and it's mad smooth. Mm-hmm. It's a good whiskey to mix with a lot of stuff. So That's another good one. Mm-hmm. What's up? Oh, okay. Um <clears throat> So from, so from the five years that you guys have been doing it, what do you, what do you, what have, what has been your like, uh, we'll call it some ups. Mm-hmm. Give me your ups from the five years that you guys have been doing the women's and whiskeys. Am so many. Right? Mm-hmm. Women who black, whiskey? Black Is it women, women who whiskey or black women and whiskey? Mm-hmm. Black women and whiskey. Yep. Mm-hmm. But your IG is called black women whiskey. So where is women who whiskey coming from? I don't know. There's a women who whiskey. There's a there's a group. Okay, women who thank whiskey, you. Because yeah. I thought I was tripping, but there's a women who whiskey, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's not y'all. Mm-hmm. No, that's not mm-hmm. us. We we black women. Yeah, no, I'm so- <laughs> we black. Um. So like, yeah. What have been some of your ups since starting up uh, five years ago? I would say there are so many. I mean, one top one is that every event that we throw, we um, donate to a cause, a political candidate, um, an organization, um, a community center. 
you know, so I'm, everything that we do is really to the betterment of our community. Mm-hmm. And I think that, you know, we've been really blessed to be able to provide that space. And then I would also say just the opportunity to, to foster community. Like I yeah. know so many, you know, black women have fostered really deep relationships just off of the strength of our events and have been able to connect and work together and, you know, become besties and, you know, mm-hmm. all that stuff. So I think it's dope that we've been able to kind of like intentionally build community like that and do it in a way that you know feels safe for yeah. people right you know that's what's, up. what's what's been your highs um definitely what aaron said um but my favorite uh, all-time event was an event aaron and um uh oh i forgot her name Mm-mm, the councilwoman oh L- little ruby ruby yeah. may that was my favorite event. Oh, yeah, that was a good one. So that event had like what two fifty people. Yeah. It was a rooftop. It was like in Southeast DC. We did it in Ward Eight, uh, right there on MLK at the Congress Heights Culture Center. Mm. And it wasn't like metro accessible. So that was a thing too. Yeah. Like we had that many people, and it wasn't even metro accessible. And we donated to the uh, the the Culture Center. Yeah, That's Kiana fine. running the uh, Congress Heights Culture Center. She does art programming. Um, they do they support young artists in Congress Heights and do events, you know, for the community. It's a, a young black woman who runs it. It's dope. Yeah. So five years and we just now running into each other. <laughs> I mean, no, and I and I'm saying that because there's been a lot of events thrown in between between us, you know, you guys and there's been you know, everybody curating events and it's just amazing to me like how we never yeah, ran each other. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, but we've been following each other on Instagram. It's been a year, at maybe least. a year. Yeah. yeah, that's still four of the years that we. Yeah, yeah that's real. I mean, I'm talking yeah, prime, <laughs> like prime yeah, yeah, yeah. like when we talk about when outside was yeah. outside. Yeah, you know yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. No, that's and we were able real. to like really curate events and you know event you know just really have that vast yeah uh, connection to get with people. We've never well, we I will say too like I I just started thinking of women in whiskey like it is now gotcha. because it was just a mm-hmm. it was a kick like a kickback like it was really kicking a it. Thing yeah started, it wasn't yeah. it wasn't nothing it was just like okay who's gonna host it okay you're gonna host okay let's call up the homies everybody come through have a good time yeah you know oh, so it was like a like a ladies night yeah in a sense mm-hmm. just like a i mean I just could. like a like you would just go with your friends to happy hour yeah. yeah it would be a similar thing but we would like we started hosting it in like people's homes mm-hmm. and then you know, we started growing and needed to do it like at event spaces yep. and like bars and, you know, like we did at the Culture Center. The last one we did was at a really dope like black women oh, um, co-op space in DuPont space. that was like super dope. Yeah. Black women. Uh, yeah. I mean, you know, it's just it's really grown into something that I don't think either of us no. really truly mm-hmm. imagined it would be. So, so y'all don't have a podcast, right? Nah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I think that's dope, right? Because I mean, we have we do share some similarities with the podcast and how you guys have grown your brand and everything like that. Um, and is it just you two? I would say we have a, a consortium, but yeah. yes, we're like the it's core just y'all two, right? Yeah. yeah. So my question to you is, <laughs> right? Because we deal with this a lot, and I and I know that. Pardon me for I talk with my hands a lot. Oh, you good, you good. Um, Trust. We deal with this, you know, sometimes, but we're very mindful of how we talk to each other too mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right so at what point do you guys um have you guys like ever been like yo i'm not really feeling this idea or the clashes the clashes so at, at yeah 
Talk about the clashes. I mean, we're both Aquarius. Yeah. Um, so oh, we're normally we're like. We're Aquarius. Oh, okay. Are you Aquarius? Yeah. January or February Aquarius? February, of course. Don't oh, okay. Never disrespect. <laughs> February Aquarius. No, I'm February. <laughs> I'm, I'm a January Aquarius. Okay, so it's my daughter. Okay. So it's cool. What's your? February. What's, what day? February 18th. Oh, 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 you Ooh. just made it. Oh, you just <laughs> made it. I know. Well, I also, I have Pisces emotional tendencies. <laughs> I might even start crying tonight. I don't know. I'm just. Pisces. Pisces. I got that Pisces energy. <sighs> she right there on the cusp. Yeah, I own the cusp. <laughs> we're, we're, I'm, I'm going to keep you. I'm going to keep you with it. I'm 13th. February 13th. Oh, okay. word. Okay. Yeah, okay. And my, daughter, my daughter is the 29th. Oh, nice. I'm the 24th. Oh, and uh, what's it? Protocol? Protocol? Shout out DJ Protocol. He's the 20, 23rd. 23rd. Mm, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Good it's, people. It's a lot of, lot of Aquarius. Yeah. yeah but we've been friends. Yeah, we've been friends yeah. for a long time. Aquarius are, are good people to get along with. Yeah. You know yeah I mean? He's imagine. a Gemini, but we, we met. Oh, Aquimini. Yeah. Aquimini. Yeah. 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 Okay. That's, That's a, a lot real of Geminis thing. in my That's life. That's a real thing. It is a real thing. Yeah. No, I, I believe it. And I had to really like realize, like, you know, you, I mean, we're all here as Aquarius, but we also know how to. I feel like we have the best perception of reading energies, right? Oh, yeah, we for have, sure. Yeah, and we can read the room mm, real quick. This, <laughs> real quick, but this is when it, I, I guess, our personalities or our, or our zodiacs, I guess, come in line because you are two Aquarius working together, but I am Aquarius working with a Gemini, oh, so yeah. it's like, oh. There are times where I have. What does to that like, mean? Well, I don't like that. Oh, I ain't like that. <laughs> I always <laughs> say. Oh, I so like I don't. So I always say, Gemini's will have Aquarius's running down the street, butt naked and smoking crack. <laughs> because I don't like this. I, don't, I ain't know that. I ain't see. I don't weed. know. I'm gonna start looking at people. Birthdays. I, I smoke weed. I don't smoke. Our energy is so in sync. Like you can really just dive all the way into a Gemini. So you just gotta yeah. be careful. Yeah. But I don't know. Okay. I, I just <laughs> really feel like <laughs> me and his brother have like I have kind of like picked him apart a lot, and it's like yeah, I think I he needs like two weeks to like not hear from me or like mm. not see me. And I'm like, yo, bro, what's up, man? I'm I'm feeling good, man. You know, yeah. everything's straight. He's like, yo, you been good, bro? Like, where you been? I'm like, I gave you a space. I know when it's time for you. Yeah, exactly. We he can like, read the room. We he like, like, yeah, bro. I was, I was like, yeah, I know, man. Are, are we good? Can we? Welcome yeah. back. <laughs> can we have lunch now? Can we eat? Can we Can we get back to the schedule mm-hmm. program, please? No, that's a, real, that's a real thing, though. But that's a real thing. No, nah, yeah. But, and, and I think that, you know, with you ladies working together, um, I think it helps that you know you know your partner yeah you know what i mean there's a lot of trust you know as far as me and jay are concerned but really towards you ladies because you're just full-on branding mm-hmm. and, and event yeah. curating yeah and, and it's a lot that you guys would have to discuss not just uh i ideally ideally but financially mm-hmm. and you know what what just makes sense and i know that there are times where you may like in a text message may read something like yo she's tripping <laughs> or like let me re-ask her again because maybe the way i said it this time mm-hmm. is not it's not reaching her yeah. have y'all ever had that moment where it's like it's it's a tug so. of war in a text message i don't think so y'all are i mean this has been like yeah. really fun for us yeah no. it's a it's a being fun doesn't mean it's not a tug of war sometimes yeah well i mean also too like i feel like a lot of the women who host are like our friends yeah okay. um and uh, like we're aligned politically and civically around like the types of causes that we want to support 
so normally like oftentimes when we do this it's just like oh someone wants to host we be like okay cool and then we just kind of spring into action. We have, like, you know, one of my best friends serves as the bartender mm-hmm. for all our events. Shout like, out to Imani. Yeah, like, we have, like, just kind of like a a ready, set, go kind of flow mm-hmm. with with it. So we've never really had those moments. <laughs> I will. So I haven't had it with Aaron. Because, um, again, Aquarius energy is so, like, just flow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I have had it with other hosts. Or organization that we were donating money to. Oh, yeah. So my whole thing with Women in Whiskey is just let us do it and you get the money. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but sometimes people feel like it's it's their it's their personal fundraiser and so they want to do certain things mm-hmm. with it. And it's like, um, we didn't talk about that at the <coughs> jump. Like, we just, you know, we just yeah. So they like, like overstepping, I, I don't want to say overstepping boundaries, but it's like just getting in the way of what or they just have a lot of anxiety mm-hmm. you know black women we perform really high and especially if we do something we want it to be we want it to be nice yeah, you know? yeah absolutely. so i think um the one time it did happen was uh with the organization and it's a, a beautiful organization so i'm not trying to call them out or anything take flight totally donate to them they do a lot of great things but it was a lot of educators yeah. on their team mm-hmm. and you know educators and teachers are like by the book yeah and so they didn't really know me and i'm mad chill and so it's <laughs> a big book though <laughs> you know i just kind of run with it so yeah. i don't have to talk to you every day mm-hmm. but they didn't have that trust because yeah. we hadn't established that you know foundation so mm-hmm. they were like they had a lot of anxiety around how it was going to turn out and it turned out great it was um the one at the uh, museum I forget the museum's name, but it, it was a cute it was a cute thing. Yeah, that's that's, that's key though. Mm-hmm. The, the the trust when doing an event with like a mm-hmm. I guess a third party is very is is key. Yeah. yeah, you know what I'm saying. And but they're they just working with a certain group of people. You know what I mean? It just it's hard because it's like you know, hey, this is the vision that we have. Can you? We heard that yeah. mm-hmm. you are the ones to curate it. Mm-hmm. It's all yours. Like mm-hmm. we just want to make sure that it's this, that, and that. We want these key points, and then yeah, thirty days before, it's like, wait a minute, mm-hmm. can yeah. we? Yeah, it's hard though, you yeah. know, because a lot of people are they're really spun up on doing things a very particular way, mm-hmm. and I feel like just the the kind of flow and energy of women whiskey is very loose. Like even at the yeah. last one we did, there were like some black women that came up to me and they were like, okay, so like, is there like a program? <laughs> and I'm like, nah, no. <laughs> like it's no. Go get a drink. Yeah, yeah. please. Like go get some wings, <laughs> go get a drink. Go me, go, go to the photo booth. Like, mm-hmm. you know, like yeah. that's not really what we're trying to do. Like, yes, all the proceeds go to an org and we do, you know, give space to the org to talk through. Like the last but, one we did was, for the, the defend black women march that mm-hmm. took place a few weeks ago and you know we wanted to give them space to, to encourage people to come out to the march and some of the activations that they were doing that week but like this is not a program right yeah, you know like mm-hmm. we're not having people giving out presentations and no. it's this is supposed to be fun mm-hmm. it's supposed to be social and like that's the the magic that's of it a, yeah it's a, it's a safe brown liquor induced space like just yeah mm-hmm. those are the best it. spaces though brown yeah. brown liquor brown women yeah uh you know mm-hmm. <laughs> do you invite any men to these events that's a good um slogan for a t-shirt yeah that is that is no not really that's what's um, up that's not what's up it's that's, that's not really the vibe like mm-hmm. we for the last one we did have one of the homies 
who was a man who did the photography um but other than that nice Mm -hmm. well if y'all need a dj okay we'll let you i mean we are (laughs) we are hosting their next one (laughs) y'all gonna gonna be there so So the next so this one will be their first co-ed event really yeah yeah and so I mean, I, I mean, we talked through it because yeah. the yes, the one time, the, <laughs> the first time we had it in a public space, um, to be totally transparent, the bartender was the only man in the space and he did take advantage of um, one of the women who had been intoxicated. So we're really big on mm-hmm. creating a secure as a secure space as possible and i actually try to steer away from saying safe space because it's still only so much that we can control Mm -hmm. but we do have um you know we call them like sister captains i'm always sober during the whole event Mm -hmm. peeping watching or whatever we try to make sure there's plenty of water people have transportation to get home food Food. is a key element like we always have food because we don't want people drinking on empty stomach right right so so yeah, I'm excited about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but we had a whole little. Yeah, I want to talk about some of the things we we spoke on and really getting back into the the bartender who took advantage of a woman. Uh, unpack that because then Kyle wants us to talk about how we handle situations as far as making sure people get home safely and, and the things we do mm-hmm. to make sure. Um. So basically, there's just I mean, culturally, rape culture is just so ingrained yeah. in what is rape all culture? of us. A lot of people have asked us that from the post and things. So, mm-hmm. what is rape culture? Rape culture is basically like um, how we function today in society. Like, oh, let me uh, buy you drinks, drinks, drinks to get you loose. Um, which things start to get gray. So maybe if you were sober, I wouldn't have a chance. But let me try to loosen you up. Mm. That's like a sign of rape. That's a sign of rape culture. So rape culture is like not just in bar space, but in all aspects. That's why we said we wasn't going to talk about Bill Cosby. But when Bill Cosby with the Bill Cosby situation, people were like, well, that's just what we did back then. That's rape. That's what rape culture is. Doesn't make it right. It's yeah. It's normalizing mm-hmm. sexual assault. It's normalizing rape. And you hear a lot in lyrics and rap songs. I mean, but it's not okay <laughs> you know by no means yeah. yeah i mean everyone has their own agency and you should respect people's limits and i think also just too out of common courtesy if someone is obviously intoxicated or you know you can tell that they're not in their natural state to take advantage of them it's just wrong it's wrong yeah mm-hmm. you got to give people the option and so so with that what is something that men should be telling other men doing with other men um sharing um to do that because and i am going to spin it to rape culture on the woman's side as well because mm-hmm. there's some things because i've been harassing my hoochie daddy shorts i'm like no these are boat <laughs> shorts but i get it that's hilarious <laughs> no that's real though it's I've like I, i've had my shorts. i've had <laughs> gotta come on a boat like it's like boat shoes it's a whole boat outfit like Word. i've had my thighs pinched in public and yeah I mean, in in, in, in <laughs> is it? But because if you if one of your homegirls would have said that, it wouldn't have been, you wouldn't have said it's funny. No, I'm not. Well, it's not literally funny. I know, I know. but I'm, it's I'm, just I'm, I'm, I'm trying. I'm saying it in a joke. Yeah. Well, I think with the whole for me with the whole hoochie daddy movement. So I um oh, I yeah, it's the whole thing <laughs> with black. It's a whole thing with black American men. Yeah. Absolutely. So Absolutely. I've dated men like the the first guy I I dated who wore hoochie daddy shorts. He was Serbian. 
and I was like, oh shit, I love legs. Like I love seeing men's thighs. Yeah. And so that was like in college. And so I think a lot of men have been showing thigh. It's just, you know, black men, toxic masculinity, the United States, slavery has made everything like very complex and difficult. Mm -hmm. So I'm glad that y'all arrived. Yeah. And I think it's just really dismantling patriarchy, honestly. And like being comfortable with like calling your friends out when they do creepy shit. Yeah, you know, I, mean, I feel like that's yeah. just the thing. That like, part. I mean, I think a lot of people hang out with people that do creepy stuff, and I think it's mm-hmm. a, it's okay for us to be like, that's not okay. It's yeah. it's really like, yo, we ladies' night for us. Yeah, let, let's day. walk through ladies' night. So my earrings. We we do understand where we're at in Baltimore, but we also do understand who we are as men. Yeah, right. Now, outside of being fathers, um, outside of being. Uh, sons and all that other stuff like that but at the end of the day just being trained to say like these are the women that you're supposed to protect if they're in your space or if they're in your uh, vicinity Mm -hmm. it doesn't matter we're related it doesn't matter whatever every woman that leaves Montego that says hey we're leaving thank you you know so much for coming out whether it be you know at the end of the night or in the middle of the night somebody's walking one of those ladies to the car Word. you know what i'm saying nice. so like it i gotta put on a uh, if i gotta put on an eight minute song to walk somebody to the car i'm walking them to the car mm-hmm. if jay gotta like yo we gotta hold up i can't do shots right now i gotta walk xyz to the car jay's walking them to the car and i think the the precedence that we set when women come into montego is that Hey, how you doing? We we meet them, we greet them. Hey, how you doing? We give them their roses, give them their drinks, and then we back off. It's like yeah. enjoy your night, mm-hmm. but just know that if there's something that you need, we are here. Mm-hmm. But we're not here to take advantage. But we are here. There's always a a woman more. Yeah, there's always been a woman that who bartends. Even our our uh, the owner. Shout out to Fani. He's he's a father of of daughters. Mm-hmm. And it's like we don't we know what's at stake. Yeah. So one one wrong move or one wrong uh slogan or phrase can turn our ladies night to like creep night Mm -hmm. and it's like nah these niggas it's just one experience creeps you know Mm -hmm. what i mean but it's we're so even even with the the liquor flowing or whatever like that we're still very like yeah nah Mm -hmm. shorty looks like you know we ask Mm -hmm. like damn like you know are you a lightweight and then we'll say like you know i really don't drink too much Mm -hmm. but like all right Mm -hmm. so Hey, finally, bring some water over. Mm-hmm, Once mm-hmm. we hear those those things, those we were making mm-hmm. sure that, like, all right, even if you two are going out, you just happen to be the lightweight. Like, we don't want you to babysit all night. So, like, mm-hmm. hey, finally, can you give us some tenders or give us some fries, give us some grease and some water so that way she can mm-hmm. kind of get back, back to the program, yeah, yeah. you know, at some point. And I think that's very important because a lot of the times, you know, as even even with some some security, that are, mm. that are placed in some of these venues um they may be looking for yeah that woman who is like you know not in her right mind oh mm-hmm. yeah and and they do see like you know they'll s- shout out to some of them who see when they do come up to the bar they're like hey how you doing is my idea like nah don't don't come in yeah because your friends clearly allowed you to come get to this point to come right. to the club looking like this like no nah, i'm not letting you come in here mm-hmm you're not even gonna be awake honestly for the for the situation mm-hmm. but like more so there's dudes in there already who are yeah 
on quote the unquote prowl. got their pink thing out. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? They ready to pounce on anything. Mm-hmm. So I think it's very important that myself, Jeremy, Fani, and you know any other man that is in our circle, we are protecting y'all. Yeah. Because even outside of leaving Montego, it's still North Ave and Charles Street. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So like, yeah. It's not one of those places where you can just like, oh yeah, I'm good. I'm I'm. I don't care if you parked across the street, but I'm gonna watch you from the window. Yeah. I don't know creep shit, but just to make sure you get to yeah. your car and yeah. you're straight. Yeah. And I mean, I also too think I think a lot of men think that they have ownership over women's bodies. Yeah. And it's just not true. Mm-hmm. Like you don't. You know, and you I mean, think if I buy you a drink, I, I can't stand next to you the whole night. <laughs> Absolutely not. No. <laughs> Please don't. Please move around. Get some space. <laughs> Get some space. I can't stand next to you all night. <laughs> I mean, the, uh, I'm making sure you drink every bit of exactly. 15.97 that I bought. It's so weird that guys feel that way. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, men are so excited when they hear about women and whiskey. Um, because they're like oh shit can i come through and it makes me be like why are you this excited <laughs> about you know are you this excited about essence fest mm-hmm. there's plenty of women at essence fest like what about women and whiskey makes you uberly excited to come and i think it's because a lot of women will be there drinking mm-hmm. and to a lot of guys you know intoxicated women means a date yeah i, I think well when i hear women who whiskey right because of who we are mm-hmm. My mindset is like, all right, I'm trying to get put on to some whiskey, yeah. Because mm-hmm. there may be some things where, mm-hmm. yeah, we definitely have some. We nice might be sleeping, selects. you know yeah. what I'm saying? Like I'm, we we thinking we doing some shit. Like yeah, we got the, we got the Willard Four Roses and Seven Roses. You know, oh uh, damn, Seven Roots and Four Roses. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, I'm. We doing what y'all got, mm-hmm. and then it's like, same thing with women and cigars. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's it's one of those things where I'm looking to the to the point of the company of the feminine energy in a masculine setting, mm-hmm. you know, because this whiskey situation, cigars are more masculine in a sense, but having that feminine energy there mm-hmm. and, and getting knowledge mm-hmm. is, is kind of fascinating. And I'm, this is just from my standpoint. Yeah. I'm not there to try to swindle anybody into mm-hmm. drinking this and yeah, you know, at the end of the night, she leaning over on me, and I'm like, mm-hmm. "Yeah, I'm gonna go ahead and uh, take yeah. her home." Like, nah, we not. But unfortunately, it only takes one. You know, it, I mean, you could be, you know, a, a room full of Kyles, and there's like one creepy guy. Mm-hmm. There's one Jeremy. No, it's rough. That's a rough time. <laughs> we're not gonna, we're not gonna put you in that bucket, Jeremy. But yeah, no. <laughs> No, but no, really, no, you know, no, 2017, Jeremy, maybe. Yeah. I mean, it it only really takes, you know, yeah. one, you know, unfortunately, and then sometimes too, it's just like, you know, who people encounter once they walk out the door. Yeah. That's, you know. Yes. So there's been so many times when I've gone out with like my homegirls and we've been drinking. It's honestly a lot of times it's the walk out of the club. Where niggas are just standing there, like grabbing on you or trying to talk to you while you walk out, because they see that you're intoxicated. It's the grossest shit, like ever. Mm-hmm. But going back to your point about masculine, like this space being masculine, I actually don't think it's masculine. Mm-hmm. And I also think we have to be careful about um, 
feeling like all women bring feminine energy because one of the things Aaron kind of spoke to it earlier that I really love about women in whiskey is so many different types of women. Mm -hmm. We have masculine women, we have femmes, we have non-binary folks, we have queer folks, straight women, like all types of women come into the space. And um, so I wouldn't necessarily say like masculine feminine, but I do think that whiskey and cigars have been withheld from women for a really Mm -hmm. long time. And so, you know, it's starting to, it's getting weird too, because it's like, you have your pick me women, right? Like the pick me's like, Mm -hmm. Ooh, I like cigars and whiskeys and tennis shoes. And I like whatever stuff, football. Some women, (laughs) some women genuinely love that. Some women genuinely, some women genuinely love that. I'm no shade. Like my sister, like you got people like Aaron know all the Mm -hmm. stuff. Like you do have women like that, but some women is like, Oh, let me get on this pick me wave you know yeah, just so i can be amongst the niggas yeah. and there's nothing wrong with that i mean yeah, like, like you want you know pick your spot <laughs> yeah you know like everybody has like you know a different own. way in yeah. which they you know try and get get it how they live so i'm not you know against that in any way shape or form but to chance earlier point i do think you know oftentimes the way that we're socialized is you know you shouldn't smoke that's not ladylike mm-hmm. or you shouldn't be drinking whiskey you know like that's not ladylike and i think that has unfortunately um prohibited a lot of women to having access to that type of stuff you know as an initial matter i mean i remember when i first started drinking and and going out and stuff you know everybody was drinking like martinis Mm. and stuff and like yeah i mean like people make good martinis but oftentimes martinis are shit because people don't really know you know how to make vodka and olive or something yeah Yeah. you know so you know i think a lot of folks have kind of you know limited themselves from like different types of spirits and different things that they're willing to try just because of the way that they're socialized and they were told that oh you're not supposed to drink that or like yeah. or if you drink whiskey straight like you must have hair on your, hair chest, on your or, chest you know it's just like <laughs> some women have hair on their chest and they don't drink any whiskey yeah, so yeah. It's just like, women i don't think it has it. anything to do with it. i drink whiskey <laughs> and i have no hair on my chest <laughs> you know I mean? wow so, so i don't <laughs> i don't want to necessarily classify when i say masculine like i to your point, Aaron, mm-hmm. like it, I, I guess me growing up, yeah, like I have, I don't see women, I haven't seen women drink whiskey, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. The women that did smoke, they smoke cigarettes, yeah, or, or mm-hmm. the old school mm-hmm. women drinking, uh, what's it, smoking uh, Virginia Slims, <laughs> black yeah, I got, some, grandma, I got some, my grandma used to smoke Virginia Slims, I got Slims. some <laughs> black women in my family, <laughs> like <laughs> emphasis on the black woman, like, but I got some, but it's. I think now, now more so when you see women at uh, cigar cigar bars mm-hmm. and, and lounges and uh, um, knowledgeable about more whiskeys and things mm-hmm. of that yeah. nature, it's yeah. a very like it's intriguing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So for me, like I, again, it's it's like you know when I say it's more masculine dominated because it has been withheld. Yeah. And once you really find out that women do enjoy a nice bourbon or a whiskey, and it's like, damn, it ain't Hennessy. Like, what you? What? <laughs> That's hilarious. Where you been? Where what you want? Let me go. They only sell this on my side of town. Where you get that from? So it's, it's. Uh, I think it's more so um, refreshing. Yeah. To see that, um, you know, black or white, whatever the, you know, whatever your race is, I think it's just more refreshing to see that women are like into it. Yeah, and they're into it heavy. Mm-hmm. You know, like men are just be like, "Yeah, bro, like my man's put me onto this. I like the taste. It was cool." There are men who really are out there, like 
this has this type in it, mm-hmm. this type in it, like Somaliers in yeah. the sense mm-hmm. of like whiskey. But women really do take the time to like, yeah, I found this here like that. Mm-hmm. And I felt like that's what Jay has kind of like groomed me into doing is, you know, he'll say like, yeah, this is this uh four four roses has been uh aged <laughs> you know 14 times that's how aaron is for yeah. me facts <laughs> so so in a sense yeah. like you know listening to our conversations yeah and mannerisms and things of that nature like you two do pair together because <laughs> it's in we got the rugged shit. Yeah. I'm like, look, man, I'm ready to get fucked up. Yeah, like, I, like, I don't I, give a shit what's it, what's the ingredients uh, yes brown liquor okay Thank you. okay we here for it so it for us men for for a certain for a certain type of man yeah. i'm gonna say that mm-hmm. for a certain type of man it's just refreshing to see that there are some women who are taking the time to appreciate high quality yeah. whiskey yeah. yeah and enjoying it and 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 enjoying it to the sense of this is how it's supposed to be drank mm-hmm. not like just knocking that shit back like oh what, what else y'all got like yeah. mm-hmm. i already had this like i want some like mm-hmm. Same thing with the fellas, boy. Bro, I'm I'm tired of this shit. Like, bro, what's up? More shots. Yeah. Like, bro, we don't we don't need no more shots, man. Exactly. Like, I know I don't need no more <laughs> shots. And then it's always the nigga that's like, nah, bro, shut the fuck up. Like, no, you're doing shots. Like, I'm. Relax, man. Yeah. Hey, Fall man. back, my boy. I'm I'm gonna go get some chips <laughs> <laughs> and salsa for the group. Yeah. All right. But I feel like that's some of the dope work that we've been able to do with black women and whiskey is like we've been able to create the space because i feel like that's really what it is it's just like so much of a lot of the ways in which we were introduced to you know spirits in general was just around like club culture yeah and like party culture and like you're drinking so you can like have a good time you know and you know a lot of you know what we get the opportunity to do at our events is like education but mm-hmm. also like creating the space for women to like enjoy it and also maybe sometimes not enjoy it mm-hmm. and be in a safe space for somebody who's like what's wrong with her you know mm-hmm. where you could be like oh girl okay try this next one you mm-hmm. might like this other mm-hmm. one or maybe try it with this and then this might you know give you the, the flavor profiles that you're looking for and something that your palate may be more used to so i think it's really creating a space yeah. you know i think oftentimes that's just what people want like yeah. they just want a space where they can try things and not be judged that's real that's real it it it, for us to like something as simple as inviting you ladies here yeah you know what i'm saying like we we've had out of five years we've had i can't count but we've had a host of women who have came here and we tell them like listen um I want to invite you on the podcast, but bring people with you. So yeah, you we do that. Mm-hmm. That's that's yeah. a big thing. I'm like, even we had that conversation. Yeah. I was yeah. like, bring somebody, drop the location. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like it's yeah, let them know. Like yeah, and yeah. we make it's sure because space, we yeah. know what it is. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Like this is, it's a studio, but it's not. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying. And we know that we're going to be drinking. We ask like, hey, are you comfortable with this? Do you want to meet somewhere else? Do you want to reschedule? And we mm-hmm. allow the reschedules to happen because we want to make sure that. You got your personnel yeah. available yeah. to be with mm-hmm. you. You had enough time to do your research. Do your Googles. Yeah, Not not to say that we want to present ourselves as as the safe black guys, but we want to make nice. sure that you know that we are the safe black yeah. we are the safe black men yeah. that are not gonna like swindle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. at the last minute it's like, oh these niggas. Right. Are they trying to <laughs> hold on? But going but going back to your original yeah. question, like that's the work, you know, yeah. and I feel yeah. like that's the the stuff that you should be encouraging your friends, your brothers, your uncles, your cousins, your sons, 
to do you know is I'm not to mm-hmm. go ahead bro yeah. i think that's the thing when you say encouraging your sons mm-hmm. i think that's when the change happens so when we're talking about you know ending rape culture it's encouraging your sons or teaching your mm-hmm. sons the appropriate way yeah. to court the appropriate way to interact with women and and the why you know yeah. this is why this is this is this is what we believe you know this is what we need to do to strengthen the community we need to mm-hmm. treat our women this way um and you need to Make sure you are treated in such this way, you know, yeah. and stand for these things as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so I I, I I I think that is a very important thing, absolutely, um, that, that we all are doing, and I think that's the, one of the best ways to do the work. Mm-hmm. But you gotta get you gotta get to that place as well. So it's, it's been a lot of trial and error. It's been a lot of oh yeah, this is what I was taught. This is what the uncles said mm-hmm. to do. So this is what I'm gonna do. I was like oh, this hurt her feelings. Why did it hurt her feelings? This mm-hmm. is what my uncle told me to do. Mm-hmm. Huh. Maybe I need to try something different. Yeah, but you're evolutionary beings. Yeah, Mm -hmm. and I think this is something I think is always interesting when people, specifically in this this scenario, women say, "I want a man like my father." It's like, but at eighteen, who was your father? At twenty three, who was your father? You met the thirty three year old version of him, Mm -hmm. but you really got to know him what ten years later. So you met the forty three year version of him Mm -hmm. and the man that you remember. Might be the fifty-year-old version of them, mm-hmm. you know. So there's some evolution in that yeah. as well. And uh-huh. I think we also don't. A lot of us don't know our fathers to be their true selves. I think we know them to be the the caretakers that they are, yeah. or maybe like they're of parents for them. In some instances, yeah. So I mean, I think you know when people say that, I think they have a, a snapshot in time of who they want. You know, maybe their significant other to be, without really having a holistic understanding mm-hmm. of like the whole person. Because your daddy might have been a fucking creep. Yeah, mm-hmm. you just don't know. He's he might be a creep right now. Yeah, and your mother dealt with it, or she mm-hmm. got there. You know, your father. Mm-hmm. One may have been a creep. One other one may have had a crazy attitude. Yeah, gambler, smoke. You know, whatever it was. Because mm-hmm. you know, this is the conversation I haven't had with my parents. Who were you before me? Yeah, thirty-seven years ago. Who were you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know. Yeah, that's real. Yeah. Like even yo sitting right here, I'm making sure I'm giving proper <laughs> proper elbow and, and knee space. I'm like, I, 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 I saw you. Yeah, 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 yeah like, I apologize. Yeah, I'm we, making sure. Like, are are you cool if I like? <laughs> I gotta make sure I'm in frame because right. I don't want to. That's the point, though. No, you cool. No, you cool. But I, you know, it's just I feel like the culture we're in, mm-hmm. right? The culture we're in, and and the people who grew up not in the culture mm-hmm. right we all come from uh tech technology evolution mm-hmm. you know what i mean our kids and you know the, the kids are you know the generation now they're born into the technology so mm-hmm. it's oh, like yeah. they don't know nothing but it mm-hmm. we if the power goes out right now we're able to like yo light some candles put off some cars and we're cool until the power we're there mm-hmm. we can suffice right these new wares, like, oh my God, how much longer? Like, the anxiety. <laughs> it's just like, what are we doing? Like, what do we do? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Go to sleep. No, we yeah. gonna light the candles, we can play a board game, <laughs> or yeah. go to sleep. Go you know sleep. what I'm saying? Let's so, talk to one another. Let's maybe? talk. <laughs> and, you know, I, I represent what well, we represent, me and Jay, we represent that old school values. And it's like, it's, we, we can teach the old school values to let you know, like, hey, like, some of the some of the young ladies at my job where I work at, I work at a you know little youth channel, youth academy, mm-hmm. and one young lady, we were walking, and she we were walking on the sidewalk, but I was, 
I was on the inside of the curb, and I said, oh, I said, hold up, watch out. Mm-hmm. And I and I moved it. I said, <clears throat> I said, come over here. Even though we were just in the parking lot, mm-hmm. I said, watch out, go over there on this side. She was like, what happened? I was like, nah, you you're supposed to be on the inside. I'm supposed to be on the outside. She was like, "Why?" And I was like, uh, "In case something happens, yeah. I can push both of us out the way." But you're already inside, so mm-hmm. what? And she was like, "Well, so was you supposed to get hit by the car first? I'm like, "Nah, I'm man." Sorry. But hopefully, my reflexes, my <laughs> reflexes are good enough where I could get both of us out the way. But as you got a boyfriend, she was like, "Yeah." I said, "Listen, when you and your boyfriend go out." walk a walk on the sidewalk somewhere and i said if he, i said make him put you on the inside i said she was like for real he's but i'm supposed to walk on the inside and he, i said yes as a man he's supposed to put you on the inside and he walks on the outside he's supposed to protect you at all costs right he was like bet i'm gonna do that because when i get home if you don't put me on the inside of the curb it's over i was like well you can't say it's over because <laughs> he don't know yeah he don't know nobody <laughs> right you might not have been socialized and, that way and, and that's the thing about the new generation is instant it's instant information instant gratification so it's like if he don't do it instantly he's that's done real, yeah. mm-hmm. so real. with us it's like we understand that it takes time to groom it takes time for all of these things so i want to also ask you guys when having these events and or or this being your first going to be your first co-ed mm-hmm. it's going to mm-hmm. be your first yeah, co-ed first what are your what have been your feet has there been any feedback from any other women uh any concerns thus far about just overall co-ed or wanting co-ed not one being co-ed, co-ed. Not one, yeah. yeah just overall any feedback think that anyone has been like oh it'd be great if we had some men here yeah Yeah. (laughs) i don't think i don't think we've been we've been um approached about that no i mean on a a cautious on a on a caution tip Mm -hmm. i mean i think um i think we've created a a really um nicely curated space where people trust the brand and Mm -hmm. i think you know people know me they know enchanta and they know that you know, we're always trying to create the best event that we possibly can. So I think people will still support. I think it'll be different from the other ones yeah. that we've done. Yeah. Um, but, you know, getting to know you guys, I think it'll be just as stellar, yeah. you know? Okay. Yeah. Uh, you know, we want to make sure that everybody's comfortable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We do have some, some fellas out there who are willing to pull up and, okay. and enjoy themselves. But we also want to make sure it's like, it's gonna be more of a hand-picked crowd, I think, for like, this. Yeah. <laughs> like, hey, nigga, when you get here, <laughs> relax. Yeah, right, right, right. Yo, these are these, these, these are, are the green women. Around. I won't yeah. have to beat your ass over my reputation. Yeah. That's hilarious. Nah, real, nah, but but for real, like yeah. we, you ladies are creating or have created a a brand that is safe. A safe brand, in a sense, like you know, when we throw these events, this is what it entails. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? When we do ladies' night, it entails that there are ladies who are coming to just enjoy some music, relax, chill. Ain't no heckling. If there are men there, it's men of substance. It's men mm-hmm. of, you know, some some value. Mm-hmm. It's, it's some valued men that are not. When you're walking out, nobody's grabbing on your, mm-hmm. you know, shirt mm-hmm. tails. Nobody's grabbing like, hey, shorty, hey, hey, ripped jeans, let me out. Mm-hmm. It's, it's none of that. <laughs> so, 
combining these two entities together we just want to make sure that you know there is a comfortable presence yeah you know walking into it like yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm you know we're down so now look i mean we're all big girls here i mean <laughs> we can hold our own okay but i all think right. as long as we're creating an environment in which people can be respectful yeah. i mean like but you shouldn't have to hold your own yeah i mean well I, not in i'm not saying it in that sense where i feel like i have to be on the defense you know but what i am saying is is that if someone is is acting inappropriately i don't have a problem with speaking up about it i'm not timid about it okay. um so you just shoot up the group gotcha nah i mean you can call it whatever you want to call it <laughs> <I'm> but <not. laughs> i mean i'm not shy about calling out fuck shit yeah. i'm just not mm, very good. Like, if it's wrong it's wrong Aaron's speaking all the truth right there because she definitely <laughs> called some fuck shit but i was also gonna say one of the things about um pulling niggas to the side when they're acting inappropriately is that's also protecting men too mm-hmm. so a lot of like you talked about um just a second ago a lot of people just don't know like a lot of people just don't know certain things um and i think a lot of men don't understand what unless it's blatant rape or blatant sexual assault a lot of men struggle with understanding what is appropriate and what is inappropriate Mm -hmm. and part of protecting black men um and protecting black people is teaching that to them Mm -hmm. and holding them accountable um when they do be on some fuck shit Mm -hmm. so you know i think we talk about protecting black women but yes and also protect black men too because you know, sometimes you might not know that you shouldn't catcall somebody because it's so common in rape culture mm-hmm. to do so. That's real. You know, we've talked a lot about rape culture. We've talked a lot about, you know, events and things and how to maneuver in and out. What do you guys do when, when you're not at work? Mm. When you're not saving the world? <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. What are you doing? What are you up to? What is your what is your your lowest lane? What is your Clark Hunt? Uh, so many things. Um, but I'm I'm a big foodie. I love food mm-hmm. and beverage and yes. you know, so I do a lot of food. You know, food tourism and going to different restaurants and trying different cuisines. Uh love to travel. Mm-hmm. Uh love music, love art. Um, you know, like to be outside, you know build community that's mm-hmm. i love being amongst mm-hmm. the people build community mm-hmm. yeah those would be my okay. non-work activities but i try and do those at work as well so that's real I'm, I'm, I'm gonna let uh miss enchanta be modest then i'm gonna I'm jump in with some stuff but <laughs> I'm gonna let her be modest because I, I see how i've been here we've been here for about an hour now and she's been modest it's so. been an hour it's been a little bit more but yeah <laughs> um yeah like women and whiskey to me is like a part of building community so outside of my job like definitely what Aaron talked about was building community um also am a registered yoga teacher um i taught a lot more before the pandemic of course um but that's mainly i'm a dog mom yeah she's a dog you know i I love my baby yeah Yeah, i love my baby (laughs) i appreciate the modesty black don't crack and all that other stuff but so, all right, here we go. Boom. Black don't cry. <laughs> <laughs> what they got to do with the dog? Wow. <laughs> nothing, no, nothing at all. You know, you got, you got to throw all the, the terms and cliches out there. She is a black dog, though. 
I saw, I saw you post it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. No, she black. Well, black people's dogs know that they're black. They, though. she black is black. Black shit. <laughs> like, how no. did? No, that's a real thing. <laughs> that's a real thing. And I feel like when black, like when dogs get put into a family, they know, like, oh, I'm black. damn, I'm a, yeah. yeah, you know what I mean? Like, Hunter's damn. black as shit. Hunter the princess dog. This is black really like a yeah. I'm black. Yeah, mm-hmm. they know. Like they're a part of like they respond to like yo, get your motherfucking yeah, ass down. Yeah, they're, like, they they're, they're a part that. of like black culture. Well, and Hunter's a movement dog, so like I do racial justice work, and I got Hunter from a couple who were some of the founding members of uh, Dream Defenders down in Florida, and so um, I do movement work. They had Hunter. They had Hunter first. I still meet people who met Hunter, the princess dog. Before they even knew who I was, <laughs> because she's, she's been around. She's so long. famous. Yeah, she's been at many, you know, marches and okay, he does her own thing. So yeah. What do you and Hunter do? Like, because clearly you're something more than just a dog mom to Hunter, who's a <laughs> black dog. She's so black. Justice, she black, black justice dog. Like, what, so what, she stop. No, we ain't talking about Hunter. We're talking oh. about you. <laughs> what do you do? Why? Why are you? Why is? Hunter, the Black Justice dog, associated with you because clearly you're into some Black Justice situation. Mm-hmm. That's hilarious. I'm being for real because this nigga really wants to know. Look at his face; he really wants to know like why you're. Being I'm, I, I'm trying about. to, yeah, I'm trying to get, I'm trying to understand why when I went to Black Girls Vote, it was like, yeah, the board members already been to the Women of Whiskey events. And oh, yeah, they already know who you. Watch, so, yeah. so they, who they, you? they watched you on MSNBC Live one, the other day <laughs> on Monday, right? Exactly. Yes. 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 That's funny. It's she's, the truth. Like I'm, she's <laughs> on TV. Yeah, that's hilarious. Who is you? Like, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yo, like Secret Service might come and get us out of there. Mm, no, not even close. <laughs> um, no, no, no. Shout out to Simone for that uh, MSNBC stuff. But yeah, no, I've been doing movement work, justice work, um, for quite some time. Um, you know, I'm a organizer, digital organizer. So doing a lot of online to offline um, engagement. Mm-hmm. My main issues, my main issue is criminal justice, in particular my lane, especially when I was a campaigner, was in custody deaths, um, holding uh, elected officials accountable, especially prosecutors, so prosecutorial accountability, mm-hmm. ending bail reform, mm-hmm. um, yeah. yeah, I mean ending ending cash ending bail. cash bail, yeah. Mm-hmm. So that was a big thing. Um, we put a lot of put a lot of people out of business, but. You want to talk about it? <laughs> yeah, my my brother was one of the people that we had to change careers. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that was one of the things. So when I started, what is it? Well, explain it for people who may not know that. Okay, so ending cash bail is basically abolishing bail. So money bail is the narrative is that it keeps us safe, mm-hmm. but it's a very archaic practice that doesn't keep anybody safe. And a lot of times, black people are the ones who have bail set so high for nonviolent crimes that we can't even get out or we have to go to a bail bondsman to and i think if i if i understand correctly what you find in that is the pe- black people have higher bails mm-hmm. and typically less disposable income to pay the bails right. or less assets mm-hmm. right. so it is it's disparagingly uh impacting black people or lower people of lower mm-hmm. income yeah. but specifically mm-hmm. black people and it's a, a domino keeping effect. them in jail it yeah is. it's it because is. oftentimes when people can't pay their bail you know, they may lose their jobs, they may lose their childcare, they may lose their housing. housing. They they lose a variety of different things because they're incarcerated for 
you know, a thousand dollars or you know, twenty five hundred dollars or something like that. It's not a murder. It's not a you know, no. it's petty crime and things. And a lot of times, I think the average, at least a couple of years ago, I feel like the average bail for black people was ninety k, if I'm not mistaken, back in twenty seventeen, twenty eighteen. Wow. So it's like, if you don't own a home, you can't get ba- you can't bail yourself out. Well, and well, I guess you need. Nine thousand, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's where you go. You get into the whole bail bondsman thing, predatory lending, but kind of like what you talked about—the domino effect. Mm-hmm. So, if you are incarcerated, you get incarcerated, and you are held with bail, and I have to figure out how to tap into my assets to get you out. We probably gonna have a little beef. Mm-hmm. So that starts to impact your family situation. Yeah. So, yeah. So. You know, we're trying to abolish that shit. And at first it was really hard to talk about because it's so common. Like, yeah. and a lot of black people own are bail bondsmen mm-hmm. and they look at themselves as like helpers and pillars in the community. <coughs> so it was a lot to deconstruct, but. Yeah. So, so how did that go? Because that, that was a real thing in my family. A lot of people that are bail bondsmen and they, they figured it out. Um, but what, what was your experience with that side? Um... <laughs> And to your point about being pillars in the community, they are, I mean, it's a business, no different than this person giving you French fries or a hamburger or a person doing your, your bonds. If they're doing it in a legitimate, giving you, giving you access to all your options legally, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. someone you can trust. It's just the nature of the beast, right? I think it depends. Like, um, it depends where you stand on uh, prison, prison. And um, I'm an abolitionist, so I actually don't believe in incarceration as it is at all. Let's talk about that. Okay. What, what what is your form of justice, or or uh, yeah, I'll say justice, but I don't know if that's the appropriate term. No, I think um, when we talk about restorative justice, transformative mm-hmm. justice, mm-hmm. it's not we don't see it today Ooh. in a lot of different ways. If someone steals your car, what should happen to them? If someone steals your car, I do believe that they should be held accountable in a sense. I don't believe if somebody steals your car, they should be put in a jail cell. Okay. Um left there until trial Mm -hmm. and then once the trial happens that's when they either you know there's a solution figured out either they are incarcerated they pay x y and z amount of money or they are like released absolutely like to me that doesn't make any sense at all and so like there's a lot of different ways for you to hold people accountable there's a lot of different ways for people to understand how their actions impacted another person Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um that go way beyond locking them up. And really get into the root of why they felt like they needed to steal cars in, in the first, first place. place. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people do that out of place of desperation, um, out of place of trying to provide, you know, food, shelter, um, whatever, you know, for their families out of place of survival. So we really have to get to the root of mm. why this was even a viable option for you in the first place. The car is their loaf of bread, more or less, in mm-hmm. this scenario. I, I agree with you. I am, I'm going to push a little bit, but I, I agree. So it's not me dissenting. What is the appropriate method of restorative justice? I think when people talk a lot about invest, divest, so we mm-hmm. hear a lot of people talk about defund the police. Um, the other part of that that we don't hear a lot of people talk about is investing in your communities Mm -hmm. so when you have a community that has resources that is financially stable um that has support outside of their direct family a lot of those communities you might find have um don't have as much crime Mm -hmm. because a lot of it might not be necessary 
Um, a lot of crime uh, happens around, it's like uh, crimes of poverty, mm-hmm. right? So you selling Lucy's on the street, or you you selling CDs, like, um, you know, you stealing, stealing money out of cars or what have you. Like, a lot of that is circumstantial. Mm-hmm. So if you have a community where we're actually investing our resources into mental health um, services and uh, if welfare isn't looked at as like, oh, welfare queen, but like, actually, mm-hmm. I don't know. We all need some type of support. Giving people food, fresh yeah. food, job training, um, education, um, you know, after school programming. I mean, I think that there are a variety of different things that create better outcomes for young people to where they don't feel like they have to rob or do whatever, you know, because their mom isn't working at the moment. And, you know, their brothers and sisters are hungry and they need to, like, you know, be have enough money to go get food. Make adult decisions. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, so just really making sure that we have the proper resources so kids can be kids and then really creating an infrastructure for parents to to really be able to take care of their families mm-hmm. and not really have to, you know, lean into like those crimes of poverty. And too, like people who are victims of these crimes, like giving them a say in what they want to happen. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of times when you do talk mm. to people who are impacted by a crime, they don't align with what the person, the sentence that the person got or, you know, mm. you think about Khalif Browder, you mm. know, he spent three years in, in jail, um, ended up committing suicide after he got out because mm. it was so torturous. He didn't steal that backpack, you know, and the person who the backpack was stolen from, like, you know, that could have been a conversation right there. So. There's a lot of alternatives to um, what we're doing right now. What we're doing right now is inhumane. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't, I think another thing too is one thing I always try and challenge people to think of is like, there's not one solution for right. things. Absolutely. It's it's a multitude of things and we really have to open ourselves up to there not being this silver bullet, right. you know, present mm-hmm. that's going to like hear, like heal and cure everything. Like we really have to be open to exploring a variety of different methods and things because everything is circumstantial yeah and you know some situations you know require some things and some don't i think that is often people's thought is there's a what is the best solution Mm -hmm. and it's for me it's not either or it's both and yeah right so you you need to create programs for kids Mm -hmm. and while you're creating the programs for kids you need to create job training for parents Mm -hmm. while you're creating job training for parents you need to do something in the school systems Mm -hmm. and while you're doing something in the school systems you need to uh, create access to health care and while you're creating access to health care you need to create access to you know food you Mm -hmm. know eliminate food deserts so everything plays a part into because you know it's everything it's no different if on your way to work if you didn't eat breakfast you're probably a little bit grouchy Mm -hmm. so imagine if you haven't had a vegetable in weeks yeah which is you know or clean water or you know nice housing or you know a warm place to stay i mean there there are so many things that Mm -hmm. you know uh, a lot of our local elected officials and and um you know congressional members really turn a blind eye to Mm-hmm. And um, it, it's quite unfortunate because it, it does create kind of like the perfect storm mm-hmm. for a lot of wild shit to happen. Mm-hmm. So, wh- go ahead. You went. So what are your thoughts? And I, I feel like I can we can go ahead now here in the conversation on the I call it the nonprofit industrial complex. Mm-hmm. Ooh. What, what are your thoughts on that? And specifically what really raised my attention to it was when 
I was working with a, I'll say it I was working with 100 black men uh, The Merlin chapter mm. um, And I would learned of the Open Society George Soros mm-hmm. Soros uh, uh, Initiative And I looked at being a, a, a fellow But I noticed there was a big push In reentry mm-hmm. Right And we're about mentoring I was is about mentoring um, Helping young black men Helping their families our particular chapter was like we don't have the immediate skill set to handle reentry. Mm-hmm. Why are we looking at that? And then I'm realizing, oh, because there's a thirty thousand, forty thousand, a hundred thousand dollar, you know, two hundred fifty thousand dollar grants out there to create reentry programs. Then I'm seeing the the gamut of nonprofits changing their focus to reentry. Mm-hmm. And then I'm realizing, like, oh, if there's a billionaire or someone with enough money in that particular city to put the to to throw to create money or initiatives for a program, I thought the idea that they are interested in the whole nonprofit structure changes mm-hmm. to those dollars. And I was like, well, you can control what we care about off of money. So I'm curious yeah. to hear your thoughts. On that whole nonprofit, not specifically reentry, but <laughs> just the idea of people throwing money at oh, things and. So what you? I mean, what you're saying is right. Like, have y'all seen that? Um, have y'all seen that Netflix documentary on Herbalife? Mm-hmm. It kind of reminds me of that. So, you know, funders, these big funders, they do control a lot of the focus of criminal justice work there's really only like maybe five or seven funders Mm -hmm. really yeah because they funnel their money into other smaller funder donor and everybody take their indirect rates it's Mm -hmm. stupid so it's a it's a whole thing but i will say um i have only really worked with black institutions nonprofits, and um justice orgs and what we try to do is oh okay you're gonna give me some money okay well i'm gonna take this money Mm -hmm. And tailor my program to fit my people. And so that's mm-hmm. kind of what you do. So mm-hmm. my ultimate goal, you know, when I was working at Color of Change, again, I was like doing criminal justice campaigning. My whole thing is I'm an abolitionist. I don't believe in anyone going mm-hmm. into, you know, incarceration. Well, of course, we weren't an abolitionist organization. So I'm like, okay, how can I, in my little space with the little budget that we have, how can I get us for, um, more towards abolition in a way that, you know, suits me and, and my people? So, I mean, the nonprofit industrial complex is real. I think some organizers look at themselves like, okay, I'm supposed to organize myself out of a job. Um, yes, that, absolutely. Yes, you are actually. Yeah, but a lot of leaders in these organizations are like, "Oh, we need to stay relevant. We need to make mm-hmm. sure that we're relevant and we can exist, and we want That's real too. institutional sustainability." And so, it's definitely a push-pull yeah. type of situation. Mm-hmm. But I, I haven't seen any too many organizations that, if you stay in your lane, you will still be successful if you if you execute well. If you do what you say you're going to do, you, you'll, you, you'll be successful. Often organizations don't manage relationships appropriately, may not manage funders well, um, may not do what they say they're going to do. But I, and 
Well, that's also that's just, I worked in nonprofits yeah. majority of my post college career, so I definitely get it. And mm-hmm. on that finance side, I understand how crucial it is. Yeah, but I also understand too how like how crucial you know you can't change at the the blow of a dollar. You shouldn't change. I can't say you can't, but you shouldn't change. In my opinion, I just I just see like yo we losing our way we losing our vision. well we live in a capitalistic society mm-hmm. exactly mm-hmm. so like all of this is dictated by capitalism mm-hmm. and yeah. so i think somebody's gonna lose yeah like i think black nonprofits get really stuck between a rock and a hard place mm-hmm. you know and we just do the best we can mm-hmm. i will say i know a lot of black institutions not a lot but like color of change that i worked at we were a multi-million dollar organization mm-hmm. um but part of that was because of who founded us of course but i also think a lot of it had to do with we also are a we at one point were a digital first Mm -hmm. organization we rely heavily on tech and a lot of times you have black institutions um that don't lean into tech Mm -hmm. as much and don't lean into digital Mm -hmm. and so we kind of missed the wave um but if you lean into tech and you lean into digital you can continue to lean into that. People will give you money and you create curate your own programs. For example, like Color Change was one of the first to do um, textathons. And we even had some of those wow. in my house. Mm-hmm. So like, you know, we would have mimosas and waffles for, you know, we brunching while people are texting, engaging people around the 2016 election. So mm-hmm. you can really do a lot with the funding that you get. You just have to be really creative. I think yeah. organizers and campaigners, that's kind of like our job is to like figure out, okay, mm-hmm. how can I engage folks and get what we need to get done and center yeah. things like joy and community. And there's like a lot of gatekeeping within you know, the organizer space yeah. where you yeah. have a lot of old, older organizers who are beholden to, you know, some of the original teachings around the ways in which you organize communities, which I don't think is wrong. I mean, I think it's important that you touch people, but to Chanta's, you know, earlier point is that we really have to leverage the tools that we have. Mm-hmm. And within this digital age, we can bring communities and people together in ways that we could never do you know yeah. doing person to person mm-hmm. or doing door knocking mm-hmm. or any of that stuff yeah, it's not either or it's both ends exactly. like right. I've, I've worked on several campaigns and door knocking was crucial you mm-hmm. had to yeah. get out door knocking every day we need mm-hmm. to 145 doors every day we gotta yeah. do that i, I get it it's, it's very impactful but it's not just one thing but it, yeah it's, it's, mm-hmm. but to it's point. i get to i'll you know if you're door knocking a population that doesn't have social media or mm-hmm. electron you know access to to digital then you, yeah. you gotta go meet them that way Mm-hmm. When are y'all running for office? Uh, never. I'm waiting I for Aaron. It's not I happening. Why not? I think that my value is behind the scenes. I disagree. <laughs> <laughs> and that's fine. <laughs> but, you know, I think that there is, I think oftentimes with, you know, running for office and, um, you know, kind of people proactively running towards leadership i think there's a lot of ego involved and i think the joys and the value of kind of being behind the scenes is that you don't have to play into the ego of it all and i mean so much about running for office is it's a pr campaign yeah Yeah. i mean you you have to do things to get people to like you and to give you money it's a popularity contest absolutely and um while you may be well-intentioned you know, sometimes it falls by the wayside when, you know, in order for you to run a cop for Congress, you at least have to have 
a million dollars in the bank mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. so i mean I, I like the opportunity to still be behind the scenes and support who i want to support and do the things that i want to do without having to like compromise myself because i need a dollar right. you know yeah I, I i would be remiss to ask this question we've touched on a lot of things um but i, I have to i have to ask um, here we are yeah, spit it out mm-hmm. I'm getting nervous. You should be. <laughs> mm, me too. <laughs> I was like, what's happening? Right. So, so no, I, I'm hearing a wealth of knowledge and intention from you ladies. Um, I'm hearing you being each other's support, backbones, um, cheerleaders. Yeah. Like he's about to ask about a nigga. <laughs> Damn. She see through me, cow. <laughs> I'm your conscience. <laughs> <laughs> She thought we were free and clear. We were talking Ooh, about evolution. Okay, we keep talking politics. And yeah, got, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> now I need the, the politics of love. Yo. What you mean? Where you, where you, where you, where are you ladies at on the dating scene? Or the relationship yeah. scene? I'm, I'm actually in a relationship. I've been in a relationship for like the last 12 years. Wow. Yeah. You definitely got to run for office then. No. No. Absolutely not. Absolutely. That's the best. <laughs> but yeah, I've been I've haven't. been coupled for a long time. <laughs> okay. Yeah. How did you know your how did you know they were the one? Um if you if you know. I feel like it's a it's a daily thing. I think we just like wake up every day and choose one another. Mm. And I mm. think you know that was the thing like when we first started dating we were like we'll just make this work until it doesn't work anymore and then when it doesn't work anymore like we'll just be friends but like we're really good friends and you know it's just easy i mean uh, it's some not aquarius like shit. yeah i mean what'd you say yeah it's some aquarius shit yeah it's no yeah. love loss like we don't have to make this into uh, you don't have to make mm-hmm. it into more you know, Mm-mm. then when it's not like we just I feel that so just doing life together. So yeah. it's no titles coming soon. In what way? Any title could be an official title. I mean, I think we are official. Yeah, I mean, uh, y'all the most official, one of the years, most official bro? couples. Yeah. I know. Like, They're official, but okay, right. not yeah. married. But yeah, no, we're not married. No. Any rings coming? Um, I mean, I'm not pressed. You don't need a ring because it don't mean nothing. It's just expensive jewelry. It's not going to change anything. Aquarius, baby. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Crazy. Either we together or not. Okay. You want to join or not? And y'all together. We together. Mm-hmm. So it ain't no ain't right. okay. Uh, and is. <laughs> would, would, would you consider yourselves friends? Yeah. yeah. Like really good close friends? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I have, I'll, I'll put it on me. I have this theory that. What? What? Uh, is, you jump in, yo. <laughs> yo, jump in. Get me out of here. <laughs> <You're nervous> now, <laughs> like, oh, oh, you got to be asleep. I don't even have no sleep now. All right. That friends keep friends single, right? Mm. But clearly, that's not the case here. No, I mean, I think, I think a lot of all my friends are like really dope black women, and I think they've just yet to encounter that right partner, Mm -hmm. you know. And not for like, not for the lack of trying. I mean, a lot of them have tried, but I think it's sometimes you know it's like a needle in the haystack. Sometimes, I mean. Where you are regionally, I mean, mm-hmm. there's just like a lot Y'all of factors. Yeah, that DC dating scene is crazy because yeah, I don't care who you are, I care what you do. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. nuts. It can be exhausting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, but you know, I think it's 
I think people are just looking for a good partner, someone that they can just do life with. And, you know, oftentimes, you know, we're not socialized to like date in that way. You know, Mm -hmm. we're like socialized to like. Furry too. Yeah. You know, and it, it has to be like a certain way. And that's, I think when you're with somebody for a long time, you realize that like, it's the way that y'all do it. Mm-hmm. It's the way that y'all make it work. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not like, you know, oh, my mom and dad did it this way. So this is the way. Like, it's a lot of unlearning mm-hmm. that you have to do. Like, you have yeah, to, like, you have to f- unlearn. Like, pop my Definitely. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's me and you. Like, this is our way. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I apologize. No, I'm, 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 I'm fucking it. triggered on this. <laughs> <one>. <laughs> God. No, yo, let him know, God. Yeah, on, like, I just, you know what I mean? I just went through this little... Yeah, but refill my man cup, yo. He good. Uh, he <laughs> no, refresh, he no, refresh. no, 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 no. I'm good, but it, it's just I get that because we hold on to so many traditional. Yeah. I don't know. We just hold on to so many uh, traditions of what we what we were taught mm-hmm. that dating and and life should be like with a partner, but that's what worked for y'all mm-hmm. that didn't that's not going to work for me yeah that's not going to work for her mm-hmm. or in in your case it's not going to work for him because now we've experienced some different things and we can't uh have any cohesion with these values because honestly the values that were taught a lot of those values were triggers yeah and mm-hmm. traumas mm-hmm. and I think the more that we realize that we're living in some trauma type bonding and mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. The, yeah. The, the more we can get away from that and just like listen this is me this is how I like to operate there are times where I may feel uncertain I may get anxiety about you and but I just need you to know like if you feel me be clingy that means I'm having some anxiety but I don't know how to explain it mm-hmm. there are times where I'm getting spacey and I've seen too much of you. I need some fucking space. Mm-hmm. It, that doesn't mean I don't love, like, or want to be with you any less. Yeah. I just, yo, I've seen way too I need much a of you. Yeah, like my man. We have, but, we but have. That's a, why I'm single now, yo. I'm triggered <laughs> too, yo. You, I, I, it's about them, yo. Why you get me here? Yo? Why you get me here? Yo? But but I'm just saying. But like it, it it takes it takes same sex energy. And when I say this, like friends, same mm-hmm. sex energy, you know, same sex friend energy to to pinpoint that, like, yo, I can have a solid two months with Jay, like, you know, what I'm saying, like, bro, we podcast, hey, bro, I'm about to hit this spot, you want to pull up, yeah, and we, we could have like a solid like two months of like, yo, really bonding with my brother, but then there's like three weeks where I need to like not see this nigga, or mm-hmm. there's like times where I'm feeling anxious or whatever like that and now i may like want to hang out he's like uh define hang out <laughs> i'm like all right. such, such a gemini I'll, response mm-hmm. Very I, don't, like, I don't like this yo, i don't like this slander but it's so no, true but, but, but i feel like, slanderish but it's for me it's like oh my god bro yeah. i'm having a nervous breakdown and you're not trying but, to be I, <laughs> and i'll I be like yo and my thing is always like yo let me if, if it's if it's an emergency or something let but me know a, you gotta let then, you gotta tell me then we gotta break down the fact like as a man i can't tell you that i'm like really need you but it's Why like not? but but that's the thing we working on as, so the, as the crew we're working mm-hmm. on yeah, yeah. Okay, so i'm just saying like, to your, yeah. your early mm-hmm. to, to break out of those uh norms mm-hmm. those norms and, and pass down traumas and triggers i'm learning that 
I have to also self-soothe. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I have to also find my own ways to cope with things that I've been used to putting off on other people. Yeah. And, you know, hey, uh, Aaron, you know, like, yo, did you, you know, did you see this? Or, you know, call you up and just talk to you, say some wild shit and just joke so that way I can calm myself down. But mm-hmm. nobody realizes that that's my way of like, mm-hmm. yeah. you know what I'm saying? Coping. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So... I, I, I feel you on that in, in, in the sense of like when it comes when it comes to dating people are so used to holding on to this type of value or this type of like mm-hmm. what I need yeah. from mm-hmm. the opposite sex it's like yo that's not gonna work for me but are you willing mm-hmm. to come to this come to this drawing board and we can start drawing some shit together yeah or, or putting some pieces, you know, create our own puzzle for, like, our kids to, like, maybe add some pieces in. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, it's... The shit is hard dating out here. It is. You know what I mean? It it's is. really it's not hard easy. dating out here. It's not easy. Um, but one thing that I, I say jokingly, but I'm very serious when I say it. My ancestors have labored enough for <laughs> me not to manifest my own destiny and i think that's true when it comes to relationships as well like you know there was a point in time you know my grandmother was a college educated woman but there was a point in time where she couldn't even have her own bank account you know so she endured a lot in order for me to be the black woman that i am today and have the things that i have and experiences that i've experienced so for me to like still dive into my impression of what I thought that their relationship was or, you know, some archaic, you know, you know, whatever gender roles or whatever it is, you know, it's just like, (coughs) she ain't sacrificed all that shit for this. And I think it's the same thing, you know, for, for relationships. A lot of us, you know, we hold our grandparents or our parents as like the marker, but like, we don't really know the ins and outs of their relationship. We only know what we think we know and what we think we saw. So oftentimes, a lot of people's impressions around what a partner should be and who a partner should be is really based off of some fake shit. The -hmm. things I've learned about my mother as an adult, both positive and negative. The things I've learned about my father as well, both positive and negative as as an adult. It's like, yo, they they were real humans Mm -hmm. doing real human stuff. But I'm like, yo, these aren't easy decisions. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. These aren't easy things you got to make work. Yeah. And some of the things, uh, which is interesting, this is a podcast that we're not going to have today, but (laughs) some of the things my father had to endure with my mother, I've had to endure, Mm. not knowing it. And I'm like, wow, I went through the exact same thing my father did. Mm Mm-hmm. Nigga, why didn't you tell me to look yeah, out for this? That's, I mean, that's the thing. <laughs> like, people don't have yeah. those those candid conversations, and yeah. oftentimes it's like. But it was to protect 30, me and for me yeah. to ne- both for the, me never to look at either parent in a negative light. So they right. were only of course show the best. Yeah. I mean, so they were doing the right thing at the time, but Absolutely. when you're thirty something and you're trying to figure it out, and like you don't find out about this shit until like your 30s yeah Mm. or like you know at some family gathering where you know people are feeling really loose at the lips (laughs) you know and spilling all the tea like and i think that's just one thing that i think we have to change generationally is just really 
being honest and having kind of conversations with you know our our young folks about what it is and what it isn't Mm because i think it's really you know perception is everything and i think it's really easy for a lot of people to i mean we see it all the time build their whole lives around something that's not even real that's real like you only get one chance like we literally have a life that we can create and and build and do anything that we want to do like why would we create an oppressive space Mm -hmm. for either one of us like why in the fuck would we do that shit (laughs) no that like like, yeah (laughs) and i mean we You don't realize how many, how much people have been through some shit. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Speak to this guy. Like I'm, a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a speak on my life experience, right? So like, there is a, we'll call it ten years, right? Mm-hmm. My first ten years, <clears throat> I'm like, yo, life is easy as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I wake up. I got cartoons. I go outside. Don't forget the cereal. I got friends. <laughs> don't forget the cereal. <laughs> Like, you know, there are some black, uh, there are some black traditions that I'm accustomed to that all black people know about. I'm like thinking when you reflect on things, it's like, damn, I really grew up in like a very like structured black culture. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I'm, I'm cool to experience these things. I'm glad that I've experienced what I've experienced to prep me for my teens and my 20s. Mm-hmm. You get to your teens and your 20s from 11, let's say 11 to 21. From 11 to 21, you're experiencing things. Your body's changing. You're looking at women different. You're looking at men different. You're looking at life different. Yeah. You you know, things have happened. Mm -hmm. Things have happened to me where it's like, yo, I probably shouldn't have came out of this like that, but I did. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, my virginity, I lost my virginity at like 17, 18 Shit started being different, you mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Um, circles of friends are changing. Yeah. Uh, women are changing. The culture's changing. Hip hop's changing. So it's like technology's changing. So mm-hmm. it's like, yo, I'm just going through life, adapting to these things. The next years, it's like from 21 to 31, it's like, yo, shit is the real. fuck am I doing <laughs> out here? <laughs> like. And shit got real. No, <laughs> shit was shit was getting real, yeah. and I was not paying attention to shit getting real because mm-hmm. I thought it was still playtime. Mm-hmm. Everything was just gonna work out without me working. Just gonna work out because maybe a I was enabled to have fun and not have any consequences or be held accountable, mm-hmm. and maybe b. Uh, my mom or my dad was acting like this you know what i'm saying so it's it's repetitive behaviors yeah then the next you know from you have kids you try to get serious and then you you try to you try to hurry up everything's a hurry up mm-hmm. at, at, at that point everything's hurry up get this together this get this together everything is uh under pressure um getting together and then you couple that with there's some traumas and there mm-hmm. there's some some tragedies there's some there's some light but it's not enough light mm-hmm. you know and you get to the point where you're at now it's like yo how the how the fuck am i still here yeah 
And this may be some, you know, far out talk or whatever like that for some people who don't understand me. And I'm, I'm sugarcoating a lot because I know we, you know, with time constraint, but it's mm-hmm. just like, right. We as human beings are so durable and we are very resilient. Mm-hmm. But you couple that with a culture of uh, people who are resilient and um, not willing to accept failure, mm-hmm. you know. And I'm blessed to be part of a family or a regime or just a culture who is not willing to accept failure. There, there have been trials and tribulations in my life where I'm like, yo, you should have. Don't take this the wrong way. What I'm about to say, you should have probably offed yourself because of what was thrown on you. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I, and I'm okay. Just I, was, saying, I was, I was, I was trying yo, to see but, where you was landing no, with yeah. that. <laughs> Within the last year. No. It, yeah. yeah. But we can we can start from we can start from twenty thirteen fourteen. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? For me personally, like I've I've experienced heartbreak to the highest degree, mm-hmm. which I've you know I lost my kid's mother at in twenty seventeen. Oh my goodness! Right? I'm sorry. I don't talk about it a lot, yeah. but for those who know, they know. But it's just one of those things where shout out to uh, episode one twenty. <laughs> but it's just one of those things where. You don't realize, you don't know how you can handle trauma mm-hmm. until you handle it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And then you couple that with having the history or having the uh, upbringing that you have mm-hmm. to like put trauma on your shoulder and keep it pushing. Yeah, It's not good. Mm-mm. It's not good. I don't know why I've been this person that I've been. I've been always the person that, like, if I get told about myself or I get constructive criticism from the elders in my family, I'll just be like, yes, ma'am. Yes, sir. And even if it's, like, one of those, even if it's a put-down session, Mm -hmm. I'm like, do you have anything to say? Mm -mm." (laughs) Mm-mm. And I'll go off. And they'll be like, yo, all your life, like, you just sit there you don't never say nothing like you don't have ever why don't you ever have anything to say and i've always wondered like yo what the fuck do y'all ever want me to say like exactly you're just taking it in if i'm doing bad in school like i know i'm doing bad in school but (laughs) don't beat my ass because i'm doing bad in school beat me because like not even beat me like talk to me Mm -hmm. really see where my mind is at because honestly there are times where I just don't know when kids say like I don't know because they really don't know yeah. they were just they don't be we were just on. doing it because they were eight yeah they, they were being eight years old exactly Amen. now as a father thank you sir now as a father a uncle goddad whatever my niece she she is my youngest brother's uh daughter and she does she did something and i was like yo what's wrong i just talked to her like yo what's wrong because mm-hmm. we're having a good time but you're 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 like really upset mm-hmm. so i was like what's up what's up like come talk to me and i i don't want to get upset with you because she we went out somewhere we went to an arcade and she just something happened where she was just upset and she got in my car and slammed my car door and i said oh Hold up. I, <laughs> I started the car and I turned the car. Up. I said, hold up. What's wrong? I said, come in the front seat and I want us to talk. Like, what's up? 
and she was like well i just feel like this that that and she you know laid some things out and i was like well that's not nothing you get upset for it's just a matter of she wanted a toy out of the the, the call thing and i said listen that thing is rigged okay <laughs> people suck at that i uncle kyle sucks at that mm -hmm. okay you don't see me trying the machine because i know it's it's designed to not let you be successful yeah okay but if you want to keep trying if you want to keep going i'm willing to give you x amount of money so that you can try to get you something but understand it's designed for you to just waste money and you see how you are right now it's designed for this mm -hmm. so why don't we go to do something why don't we go do something that you know you can conquer and feel good about yourself when you go home but i don't want you to think that because you didn't get this that the rest of your day is done mm -hmm. like we have to you you have to understand that you are more powerful than your mind is preceding you yeah couple that with i took my daughter to the gym for the past couple of days and she was like oh why didn't we gotta do this i'm like yo this is this is what dad's on right now i'm on my workout journey mm -hmm. we're gonna work out together and i let her do the leg press first two days first day she did 10 10 25 pounds and i was like yo put that joint on 40 i want to see something mm -hmm. she knocked out five easy <clears throat> And she was like, oh, I can't. I was like, well, first of all. You just did. Can't. And I was like, well, we're you done with the word yeah. can't. Right. Well, you did five, so mm -hmm. you can't say you can't. But, yeah, let's 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 eliminate the word can't. And I said, yo, just do one more real quick. Let me see something. And she went, uh. She was like, oh. And then did two more. I said, all right, give me one more. Just let me see something. Mm -hmm. And she was like, all right. And she did two more. And I was like, so why are you saying that you can't? Mm -hmm. And I think that's overall to get back to the full circle of things. We have to restructure yeah. how we encourage mm -hmm. each other. Yeah. It's not our kids. It's each other as adults. Because we've been through enough of. We're only like probably two or three generations removed from some slaves. Mm -hmm. So they're meant to two generations. So two generations from some slaves, they still have mentalities like, you know, my grandmother. The reason why I always wonder, like, why are you so worried about what my hair looks like or what I'm dressing like? They're making sure I make it home safe from police mm -hmm. and racist as white people. Not realizing that they had to prep my mom and my uncles and my aunts to make sure that they make it home. Yeah. Actually, maybe three generations. Well, regardless, yeah. regardless, they still had to prep all yeah. of us. And, and we're coming from that ancestral right? trauma is something that lives in our bodies and it's passed on so yeah, i mean you may that. not have you know picked cotton yourself but if you have ancestors that have and some of the reactions that they've had you know to those experiences still live within your body and mm -hmm. they show up in the way that you you interact like you know there's a, a therapist a some som somatic therapist named resma mannequin who has a book called my grandmother's hands and in that book he talks about some of the self-soothing things that we do ancestrally and also like some of the things that we do as a community like if you enter into the room oftentimes people immediately identify black people specifically immediately identify the exits really because Wait, you, say that again? so when you enter a room sometimes black people autom automatically 
identify where the exits are. Oh, black people do that. Yeah. Oh, absolutely, I do that. I thought yeah. you were saying other folks. No, no, black, oh. no, no, no. We're no, talking about black people, too. but I it's, do that, yeah. it's a trauma reaction. Yeah, that's crazy. You know, or that's like why you when, back your car in your own park. Yeah, or like you know when when you like I always always like rub my my leg, and I noticed like I was spending some time with my mom this past weekend. I know she does the same mm-hmm. thing, and then I noticed my grandmother does the same thing, mm-hmm. and that's a trauma response that's a way that you self-soothe yourself because so many yeah so because or or humming or rocking back and forth i mean a lot of those things are self-soothing tactics that have been passed down by like through generations to us absolutely absolutely so it's it's not it's not for nothing like it's not just happening because Mm -hmm. it's just happening it's just like it's happening because like it has happened in your DNA and in your ancestry for generations. But I think you're doing the right thing, Kyle, like being able to help people kind of unpack the way that they feel. I mean, I think that oftentimes a lot of people never arrive to that as adults. And I think it's really important. Like people need reaction time, but people also need to help, you know, have the training to unpack why they feel the way that they feel. And also know that there's like another pathway to like feel better. I know, I know we were, we definitely got to some deep things and unpacking it. Um, and to to Enchant to his point, he about to ask me about some nigga. We saved her on that. Yeah, 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 we did. No, no, I'm gonna ask her something directly now, <laughs> specifically about niggas. All right, so <laughs> specifically. And you gotta answer this question first, specifically, right? So y- y'all clearly y'all been in DC. I, oh y'all y'all gonna be probably one of the the ten percent that has actually done this. Have y'all been to the African American Museum of History and Culture? Yeah, absolutely. Actually, so y'all both been. Yeah. Like easily 90 percent of our guests have not been. Oh really? It's amazing. It's, okay, it's right up the road. Pull yeah. up, y'all. Yeah. <laughs> Including me. Oh. Bum, 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 bum. Come on, God, we gotta change that. Yeah, so I'm, I'm tasked <laughs> with creating a group trip so people can go. Okay, nice. And doing that, so you know, you've been. You, so imagine you're you're at the museum. You, we, we're taking Kyle to the museum, so we we, we went yeah. to the basement. We did the bottom three floors. We went through slavery. Um, we went to the reflecting pool. So now we're going to the upper half. We went to the top three floors. We're looking at the music. Clearly, he's a DJ, so he's gonna love the the, the sixth floor. Oh yeah. Um, so we're working out of the museum now. And like, oh my gosh, black women whiskey. Oh, we we we've been looking for you guys. Like, we need you to come speak. So they grab you both by the forearms and bring you to the podium. So this microphone is like this, and it's like, oh, we need you to speak to the crowd. Y'all the perfect people. So you're like, all right, cool. So you're like, all right, what are we gonna say? So you look out into the crowd. I'm like, all right, who are we talking to? You're like, all right, you see a sea of black people. You're in the national mall. It's a sea of black people. I'm like, all right, but it's my people. I'm an organizer. I know exactly what to say to my people. So y'all look closer. Yo, it's, a, it's, a, it's a sea of brothers. So you see a sign. You at the real brother much. And you can ask a million black men one question. And they'll each answer you. What do you ask? I don't want to know nothing. <laughs> I ain't asking no questions. <laughs> I'm good. Respect. I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> Your turn. Yo! <laughs> ah, sip drink! Yo, I wasn't ready. I'm good. Why don't you want to ask the black man nothing? It don't have to be. N- 
You don't care what a black man got to say about nothing? I mean, I do. But it, I say, do. say why, though. But not. I'm laughing because I'm laughing. It's funny. But why not? I just feel like... Um, I don't know. I have a lot of guy friends. I'm around a lot of niggas. And I hear what niggas have to say all the time. Okay. And so, though I wouldn't know who these men are. Mm-hmm. And it'll be interesting just to hear from people. I just... I don't really have a strong interest to ask any question. No, I can't think of one. I, I, would I love it. I love it. Not a, not a one. Not a one. I love it. I, I, I get like, love and joy. I love I, it. I really try to keep my engagement with men um, to a certain capacity. Mm-hmm. So, like, all the men in my life who I consider my friends they center black women they love black women you know they have a certain type of of mentality around black people um and so and that's who i engage with for my leisure because i feel like i engage with a lot of a lot of different types of people because i have to for work or whatever so in my leisure time if i'm engaging with men it's going to be the ones who really love and center black women. Mm. And so I'm not really trying to walk around asking a bunch of people that I don't know. Because to me, it's not safe. Like, it's going to get me upset. That's real. It's going gonna, it's gonna to mm-hmm. make me annoyed. Mm-hmm. I'm going to hear some stuff I don't really, you know, I didn't really come here for. It's mm-hmm. going to make me feel like, are we on the same team? You know, which is a lot, a lot of times I get that from like social media or if you listen to, you know, podcasts, what not this podcast, but you get what I'm saying. Like, absolutely. Mm-hmm. You hear a lot of people's opinion and the like. Alpha male podcast. Yeah, I just don't. <laughs> I'm good. Okay, fair enough. I like that. I like that perspective. Yourself? I don't have any questions, but I would just encourage black men to do some unlearning. Mm. Unlearning know? of what? Just of. of their selves and what they think manhood should be you know patriarchy is a motherfucker and i think it's a kool-aid um that a lot of folks drink out of convenience mm-hmm. um uh, yeah i, okay. I, think it, I, I get think you i get you i think it's out of convenience because it's really easy to um it's really easy to make people feel less than Mm -hmm. and it's much harder to make people feel a part of something um to be inclusive is really a labor of love Mm. um and to be exclusive is really easy Mm because it's just Mm -hmm. uh, an extend of the arm Mm -hmm. and a a strong no or a, a discrediting or you know and i'm not saying that that's what manhood is is rooted in but i think it's really important for men to to unlearn a little bit and allow themselves to really be who they feel they are versus what mm. society tells them that they have to be. Mm-hmm. Just be yourself. Yeah. Black man. It's okay. <laughs> I support that. Be yourself. I support that. Good. I'm Why glad you? that you support that. Yeah. <laughs> 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 what? I do. What you think of guy this face? They ask me shit, so I don't, <laughs> I don't, gotta, I don't gotta say nothing, right? Yeah, no, 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 no. I like that. I like that. 
Because they've been to the museum, so they don't have to ask us nothing, right? Yeah. Did y'all want us to ask y'all a question? No, 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 no. It's literally it's our closing question. The thing we do is like a Jerry Springer's final thought, but yeah, yeah. It's basically yeah. We just we walked. This is the first time we've never had. We just the first time we've ever had a guest to say, "I want to ask y'all shit." It's just, I want to tell y'all something. Yeah. So your silence tells me that we have some work to do, but you also told us that we want to encourage you to. Unlearn. Unlearn. Yeah. Um, Be authentically yourself. No, Absolutely. Yeah. So we have to take that into consideration because mm-hmm. we're looking at you on the podium and it's like you come up like, I don't got shit to say to y'all niggas. Like, damn. <laughs> Dang, <son. laughs> what was do, that, bro? We <laughs> got to do better. <laughs> no, but that, exactly. that, that makes you self-examine. Exactly. Like, so, exactly. what, so what if what am I doing to make her not want to talk to us? Like, right. who the fuck was that? Like, why don't you want to talk to me? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I don't know if Can it's I ask bad, you? but I feel like black men are interrogated enough mm-hmm. around, like, what they should be doing, what they not doing, mm-hmm. what they mm-hmm. could be doing, all that right. other stuff. So I think that also just feeds back to my earlier point is, like, lean into being yourself and unlearn what everyone else told mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. who you had to be. Right. And, and, and the intention for the question isn't, to interrogate as much as it is to give an opportunity um i know we don't often we don't use the term safe space but to give us a, a opportunity for the guest and I, I love when men ask the question as well um we had a oh like sarah canoles when she asked the, the white woman asked the question answered the question like specifically what are you going to ask black men to ask a genuine question that you want to know that may be sitting somewhere in you and have two black men answer it but you two women are in the culture engulfed in it have real black friends real black men that you love and respect absolutely so this is not this is an exercise you do daily mm-hmm. as opposed to when you sit on a podcast so yeah. of course I'm, these answers make or no answer makes perfect sense mm-hmm. um to that and too so. like i mean black men need the space to express themselves mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know and and that's the the convert the other side of it as well we get an opportunity to to emote Mm-hmm. To just say like, all right, well, that's a good question. This is how I really feel about it, in a space where I'm not going to be judged. This is how I really feel about a thing, and go from there. So, yeah, no, I, I appreciate that. I like that a lot. It's important, like you know, in creating, you know, the space. I mean, I think you guys have something great going here. And thank you so much. I mean, I've, that means I've, a lot. I, yeah, I've, really I've really enjoyed, um, you know, us sitting here over. You know, fine spirits. You know, (laughs) having having these candid convos, Mm -hmm. and it's it's been a pleasure. You know, getting to know you guys. So it's been a pleasure. I'm so glad you got so many compliments on your hat Um, in the chat. Yeah, 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 in the chat. Why? Thank you. Yeah, yeah. So um, (laughs) tell the people how they can find you. Each how you want them to find you, and what you what what they should. Yeah, definitely. Um, black black women whiskey on Instagram. Um, yeah. Just you can uh, if you are interested in hosting an event, um, partnering as a fundraiser, anything like that, I would love to talk to folks. Feel free to drop me a DM. Um, yeah, Black Women Whiskey on Instagram. Pull up to the event. Oh yeah, you know, on, the, on the thirty first. Yeah. August th- Wednesday, August thirty first. Mm. Come through. Yeah. Good time. Man. Yeah, Montego Bar and Grill. So that'll be a couple of days after. That's two days after Michael Jackson's birthday. So you know that. Mm. Ooh, MJ, vibes okay. MJ vibes gonna be real. Easy. I'm gonna wear white socks, yo. Mm. Okay. <laughs> okay. With the black pants. Mm. 
I'll make drinks with a sparkly glove, yo. You want to be starting something. I want to be starting something. What a vibe. Yeah, so, um, this was fun. I appreciate you. Yeah, as, y'all, as y'all Thanks know, dope, dope ass queens of the week. Dope queens of the week, clearly. Uh, clearly. Black women who whiskey or black women whiskey, right? Black mm-hmm. women and whiskey. And black women whiskey. And. Yes. Yep. Don't forget the and. Don't forget the A&D. <laughs> so uh, thank everybody for tuning in on a Friday night. I know this is a very uh, odd time for us to record. We're usually yeah. on Thursdays, but you guys tuning in on a thir- on a Friday, so we appreciate yes. it. Thank you, everybody. If you want to send us some tacos, some pizza, <laughs> some wings. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Absolutely. Until, until they arrive. It's hilarious until they actually arrive. Um, Pull up. <laughs> send them. Please do, yes. <laughs> so, yes. I don't really have anything else. I'm good, man. Is there anything else going on? Oh, above above the flame cigars is celebrating their first year anniversary of their cigar brand. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're doing a event ten nine, so October 9th. Yes, it's um, a Sunday. Um, it is above uh, the flame. Uh, yeah. Black women own cigars. Uh, their sisters and cousins, or they're From all DC. cousins out of DC. Oh wow! Um, uh, premium hand rolled cigars. Premium hand rolled. Yeah, so. we, we need them at the event. Tobacco we'll selected. They're gonna be there. Okay. <laughs> we, 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 <laughs> we, we need them there. They all good people. Yeah. 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 So um, y'all compare some. Y'all compare some whiskey with some cigars. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They are. They are. You know, the cigars are like they that. might be part Top of the Yeah. Yeah. What? Yeah, you I smoke cigars. I mean, it's absolutely. I smoked about. I got you. Yeah. Uh, you smoke cigars too. Yeah. Let's. Yo, let's go. We can go off front. What y'all about to do? Not enjoy. What y'all about to do after this? Without... I know y'all got. Y'all <laughs> home right you now. got some cigars, bro. <laughs> yeah. You got two. I got probably four. You know, only buy them to give them to you. Uh, like you know, fucked up. Man. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, listen, I, I also me, shout out my uncle Johnny. My uncle Johnny. Uh, happy belated birthday to my uncle Johnny. Happy belated birthday to uh, my grandmother. Tell Uncle Johnny stop saying he just came home. Because <laughs> people think he just got out of jail. He just got out of jail. <laughs> 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 no, listen. You know, it's a wave around this time. It yeah, is, like a yeah, lot yeah, of waves. Summertime, yeah. yeah it's yeah, a summertime yeah. let out. <laughs> Not like that. But like that. Um. My uncle Johnny is home from Georgia. He he is returning home. <laughs> yeah, he lived in Georgia for years. He didn't he didn't get locked up like that. He, <laughs> he was just like, moved, yo, I he just moved got home. He's like, a little oh, bit. Sure. He's, he's yeah. back home. But yeah, my uncle Johnny just celebrated his uh, fifty whatever birthday, and uh, we've been having a good time with him being back home and nice. just enjoying some family time. Um, and we 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 had some cigars. Uh, shout out to Linga Privada. T52, that's my cigar. I just want to let y'all okay. know. So if y'all ever mm. want to gift me anything, okay. Linga okay. Privada T52. Mental note. Yeah, mm. please. <laughs> um, but nah, I just want to shout out to everybody. Uh, thank you, ladies, for coming on tonight. Tonight was a uh, was a good time. Yeah, it was fun. It was a very good Thanks time. Thanks for having good. us. Thank yeah. you so much. I also got to shout you. out Yousef Days. So I don't know if anybody. Oh, yeah. Goes crazy. I heard you playing him in the background. Listen, I'm hip. Yousef. But she ain't see that. The, yo. She ain't see that I that oh. I seen my boy last night. Oh. My, boy, the my, my boy was here last oh, night. Oh, get and, out. Uh, yeah. So I went and checked him out at uh, Union Stage. Okay. And um, I know that show was crazy. My knees were locked for like <laughs> a good 45 You know, that's minutes. not good. It's not good. <laughs> but that's how that's like right, in tune, only, yeah. I was like really mm-hmm. focused like this, like this brother. I can't even call him a. But this man like really put on a show, and I'm honored that it was only twenty dollars a ticket because there's oh, going to be a wow. point in time that we're not going to be able to pay twenty dollars a ticket to I'm see. Two twenty dollars. 
I'm really mad. I, I missed out on that. Nah, it was it. Uh, uh, so we gotta put you in the concert. Uh, yeah, yeah, we chat. do. Yeah, oh, we do. yeah please. All right, all right, Come so in. this was uh, yesterday. Sound stage. Union, okay. Union stage. Union stage, not sound stage. Okay. Union stage. Um, in DC. Damn, Phen- that was right up the street. Phenomenal time. Oh, man, Phenomenal. There, you right? probably could have really just bought a ticket like that night and walked mm. in. It was twenty bucks. Y'all ain't right. Y'all ain't say nothing. Twenty dollars. Twenty dollars. Say shit. You said y'all ain't say shit. Yeah, y'all ain't even let me know. I mean, I was already <laughs> like, listen, I already had my mind set to like, listen, I'm no, about it's to. All good. So now you know for future reference. Yeah. <laughs> she, got, she on the same wave. She she on the same wave. Nah, Yusef Yusef put on an amazing amazing show like wow. he did. He did uh D'Angelo's Spanish joint. Oh shit. Unexpectedly. And and he's That's he's behind crazy. a lot of uh percussion. Yeah, mm-hmm. he's like a famed percussionist like a lot of your favorite records. He's he's your playing favorite, on them. Your favorite rapper's favorite rapper or your favorite drummer's favorite drummer. Bro. Facts though. Big facts. We're going right out to some of this Yusef days. Shout out to Yusef always, days. Always. Let's, and, let's uh, get out of here. I enjoyed every bit of tonight. Um, so, ladies, thank you again for coming. Thank you. Yes. I hope we can have a little bit okay. more conversation. <laughs> you and that mic been no, fighting I'm all like, night. Dang, yeah. my shoulder. I just myself. So, without further ado, we want to thank everybody for coming out. Um, I don't have anything. Jay, you got anything? I'm good, bro. You got to your shout outs out? I'm good. Okay. So, I'm without good. further ado, pick your glass. You got to pick oh. your glass. Oh. Oh. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And as always, ladies and gentlemen, love, love life, life and libations. Don't listen to what they say You can't take it slow Mr. Days with the break of the drums It's icy